Well, hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to Trophy Talk. This is episode 103 of your favorite bi-weekly trophy hunting show. I am your host, Colin Colhoven, joined, as always, by the man who only plays indie games now, Daryl Fuimano. How are you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing well, and yep, that's all I've been playing. Just want to <laughs> agree with that. That's all I've been playing. <laughs> it's great. No games on hard difficulty anymore. And no AAA games. Those are the new rules for Daryl. Okay. Yep. I've I've hung it up, man. I, I've turned <laughs> the new rap leaf. Rap only. <laughs> rap lads only. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, no, it's cool. We'll get to that. You've been playing some some interesting stuff. Uh, this is not a what we've been playing episode, but we'll get to it soon enough. It's been uh, pretty exciting to see what you've been popping on the platinum side. We're also joined by the man who survived podcasting through a tornado. What's next? A tsunami? We will uh, we'll wait and see. We're joined by Slugger JD this evening. Hello, sir. Howdy. Howdy, howdy. How are you? I'm doing good. I This week is like a return to normal. The last couple of weeks have been just so non-standard. And all right. So ready? Christmas break. Okay. Yeah. New Year's break. Yeah. Then it was like back to work for, I don't know, two weeks. And then... What's the holiday in the middle of January? There's a holiday in there. MLK Day. MLK Day. We had a four-day weekend. Don't ask me how, but military I mean, four-day hey, weekend, at least where I'm at. We had a three-day, um, so totally fair. So another long weekend, and then we're back at work for like a week, and then last week we had a huge ice storm, so maybe that's what I survived next, a southern blizzard. Um, <laughs> the ice storm <laughs> shut the town down for like four days, and I only worked... I think a day and a half last week. And then I flew up to New York on a last minute trip. And now I'm back from New York. And it's like, all right, I think we're getting back to normal. Now it's just like normal routine week, huh? Back to work. Yeah. I never thought I would say this. I'm like, I need some stability in my life right now. My schedule. It's almost like too much time off. And it's too inconsistent with the breaks I'm getting where it's like, I can't get into a routine of anything. Yeah, I mean, even us recording the show last, like our last episode, we did like a half show. Even that was weird. Yeah, that's true, huh? Oh my gosh, wow! <laughs> like everything's been so whack Everything... the last month. Yeah, that is freaking weird. January is a weird time for that. There's lots of holidays and extra long weekends and stuff. And if your company gives you time during the holidays, yeah, it all sort of compounds into this multiple weeks of almost a vacation in some sense. I just took a week of PTO myself, so I'm coming back to normal work. This week, I think I took, if you included the weekends, it was 10 consecutive days off of work. And that is the most I've had since 2021 of days off consecutively. So I was quite pleased to take that amount of time. It was really weird going back this week, though. I was like, I'm not even, I don't even know if I remember what's happening. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what is going on? (laughs) Like the dreaded, like, catch up on email. Mm -hmm. Like, you spend like the first two hours of the day just like sifting through email after email and like 95 percent of it's not important but you still feel like you have to at least read it yeah you feel like you have to check it my one of my coworkers, when i turned on my computer i was saying that very same thing i was like oh i have three i think i had 374 emails okay oh my god and i was like oh my gosh me now. and he's like just delete them all and they'll email again if it's important and i was like oh i'm so tempted to do that but no i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go through them instead yeah, I agree. It's been weird, man. It's been weird. We're starting to get back into the routine, though. I don't really have anything else coming up for a while in terms of, you know, big chunks of time off. So it'll be good. It'll be good. Routine yep. is a positive thing. Wouldn't you agree, Daryl? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been on that routine, you know, since we kind of came back from the 
all day break. So I, I understand what you guys are saying. For like the first week I came back, it was really hard to get back into the rhythm of things. You know, I kind of forgot how they use some equipment and things like that. And but yeah, routine is key to like daily function. At least in some ways, you got to get it either in your working out or your exercise, or you get it from your gaming can be a routine, definitely cooking, that kind of a thing. But I, one thing I haven't understood is you get these people who they get a week off work or something and they go create, they're like, oh, I'm just so bored. I just, I had to go back to, I got to go back to work. I'm just so bored. It's like, okay, well, hold on, chief, calm down. You're saying you're bored when the internet exists. Let's take a second here and just examine that sentence there's literally anything you could look up any desire you want to know anything you can look it up traveling you can do that going outside exercising gaming other crafts and hobbies right like how how is it possible i don't think it's possible to be bored in 2024 that's my stance thoughts people my my old boss is like that so he i think he served 22 years in the air force and he just retired like uh, right before the break, like a month and a half ago. And um, he's still like, so he retired. He's done. Most people, that's like freedom. It's like, oh, I just ended a prison sentence, sort of. <laughs> it's not as negative as that. But it's like they go and they go back home or they travel or they go and do all the things they want, you know, they couldn't do while they were serving. This dude is still showing up once or twice a week to meet us for lunch. Like he'll just like show up at our workplace. Oh, and it's like, weird. dude, you retired like, a month ago. What are you doing here? That is weird. It's like those kids that graduated high school and still showed up on campus. Like the yeah. year after they graduated, you're like, what the fuck? You're like, what? <laughs> we keep joking that next time he comes in, we're just going to kick him out. But like, no one ever does it. And it's like, dude, go travel. Go do something. You just dedicated the last 22 years of your life to this and you're still bumming around town. Go do something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird. It's almost like sometimes people, their job becomes so much of their identity that they don't really know what to do outside of it. My mom sort of struggled with that for a while too. And then after about, she's been retired for, I think close to three years now and probably six months in eight months in, it started to change for her. But the first few months were weird. And even still now she's talking, like she does all these, she's in two different book clubs. They're, they're going to shit all like all the time. She drags my dad to different concerts or different like stuff that's happening locally in town. She wants to vault. She's volunteering at I think two different animal shelters, which is great, but it's like, you're stacking your days so much. <laughs> like, what are you doing? The whole point was that you're supposed to try to, I don't know. Anyway, different folks want, <laughs> want different things. Uh, Daryl, do you have different thoughts on that? No, I mean, I agree. The, when when Slugger was talking about his, um, his old boss showing up on, on the facility, I was thinking of the high school kids who graduated that still continue to come back. That was like the immediate thought that came to my head. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, you know, it's a fortune to say I was kind of like one of those kids. I would show up <laughs> back on high school to, to play with the old volleyball team because I, I used to play volleyball in high school and I, I would what? play. And a lot of us would come back because, you know, it was fun. You I didn't know, know you played volleyball. Oh yeah, that was my thing back 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 in high school, man. Oh, that's I, awesome. My parents were too worried about me getting hurt, so that's why they didn't let me play football. So like, that was the next best thing I could do. Gosh, you would have been an absolute beast as a football player too. That's such a shame. He is, he is a tall Simone guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like, volleyball, football, basketball—all those things make sense. Yeah, yeah. He's he's a mm. Daryl's a tall guy, so he would have been a good athlete in a bunch of different sports. I would imagine. Working yep. those legs in the gym. Yep. 
Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and see, I was too small in high school to do a lot of the sports eventually. Like, I played football in eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade, and I did wrestling in seventh and eighth grade. And then I got to, to high school, and I just stopped growing as much as everyone else. And so I was like, oh, all right, well, can't do that anymore. I guess I'm just going to go skateboard. <laughs> just did that for, like, six years. Good times. Good times. Well, uh, welcome, boys. Thank you for joining me this evening for episode 103. We are back to routine, as you noted, Slugger. We're back to a more normal episode. Hopefully you enjoyed the half-and-half half episode, so to speak, where we stitched together front of a normal show and the Final Fantasy 16 spoiler cast. That was a ton of fun to record. And yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed that. We're back this time, though, with Trophy List Reviews, episode 103. Episode 104, we will be back to what we have been playing. It's been a while since we've had one of those proper as well, so that'll be a fun time when we get to it. But a couple housekeeping items to go over, first and foremost. Number one that I want to touch on is that the race slash community event raffle is kicking off on February 1st. We made posts in the Discord about that. If you have any questions about any of the rules or anything that's posted within those initial announcements, please reach out to us. You can either do it publicly in Discord or you can send us a private message, whatever works best for you. Uh, If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. It is starting on February 1st, which is one week from today at the time of recording. I'm pretty excited for this. I might be able to line up Returnal with that February 1st date. I doubt it, but maybe, maybe I can sneak it in there. We'll get to Returnal in a little bit. But February 1st, are you guys excited? Daryl, you ready for this raffle? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm hoping I can uh, contribute to this, uh, this 250 plats that we're all working towards. It seems like the race rules are pretty clear to everybody. We haven't really gotten a ton of questions. Uh, there were a few that came in. Mm-hmm. But compared to the last race where we had, dude, there were so many questions that people were asking that we <laughs> totally weren't prepared for. But I feel like this time around, things are making a lot more sense. They're a little bit easier to understand. So I'm pretty excited for that. I'm hoping that's the case. And people are just not going to have questions lined up for us down the road in the middle of the race. Like, hey, like, what's going on here? It's like, we've been at this for months now. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and <laughs> that's so funny. That did happen for multiple different events that we had had for races in the past. Sometimes, though, those things bring up good points. Like, I, I can't remember who suggested it. It might have been Pat, where there was the discussion of the cooldown period, or maybe it was Reyna. It was Reyna. Yeah, Reyna suggested that, I think, which was a really <laughs> great idea. So sometimes those things come up, and it's like, all right, that's cool. I'm, I'm, we didn't think of that. It's a great idea. Other times, it's just people trying to optimize the game so much, and they go to places that I didn't even think about sometimes. <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know... I didn't consider that someone would do that, but you're right. I suppose yeah. they could. Um, <laughs> I guess just because we're, we're approaching it more as, you know, we're not eligible to win, so it's more of a casual thing for, <laughs> for us. We just uh, get to passively participate. But Slugger, are you excited for the race? As the race, uh, what's the word there? Efficient from the previous couple that we've done? This one should be a lot less intimidating in terms of tracking things in some sense. So hopefully, yeah, hopefully sure. that's good. I mean, you've kind of taken the lead on everything. You threw together the rules, which I appreciate. I never communicated very well with you guys. But like I said, all the as hectic as the last month has been, it's very much appreciated. Oh, <laughs> sure. Of course. But no, I'm excited. I, I like the idea. And it seems like other people did as well, where if you want to be super competitive on this and try and get as many like raffle entries as possible, you can. But then we heard good feedback from a lot of people where it's like, oh, cool. Like the casual players can still benefit from this. Uh, 
like Pat was one of those guys. He's like, awesome. I don't have to change a damn thing about how I play. I'll be able to maybe grab, you know, two, three raffle tickets and give myself a chance. Mm -hmm. So I like it. It kind of caters to everyone. Caters to you if you're casual. Caters to you if you're competitive. Yeah. So I think it'll be a good time. Something different. I don't know that I've ever really seen a comp like this run. Even on like PSN profiles where they're running comps all the time. So it'll be new and unique and fun. It's it's more of the PvE experience than the PvP, yeah. which is something I'm a huge fan of. I love PvE experiences in gaming, and this is like a cooperative sort of challenge more than it is. There is an individual element, and there's performance within that cooperation, but in general, it's... Yeah, it's like a... Yeah. It's like a WoW raid. Like, we're going to beat the raid boss, and then everyone's going to be rolling for their loot at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. All right, so that's coming February 1st. Exciting stuff. Get ready, folks. Get ready. A couple other things to go over. Number two, I wanted to briefly touch on some upcoming guests that are going to be on the show. So coming up, we uh, if you're a, pl a Platinum supporter over on Patreon.com, we have a perk over there that part of that is that you get to come on the show as a guest. And Pat has been a Platinum supporter of ours for quite a long time. I think basically since the first month that we even put our Patreon up, which is incredible. So he's going to come back for his third episode. I'm really excited about that. That's going to be not episode 104, what we've been playing, but episode 105, where we, we, we'll do some different stuff. We'll get, go more into that in the coming episode. We have some ideas for that. And then another guest we have coming up is Kevin from the P PlayStation Plus Game Club. Kevin Gar Garaventa, I think his last name is. Did I say that properly? <laughs> I apologize, sir, if I did not. But he's going to be on. Yeah, as you well. did, Colin. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So yeah, it's going to be good. I'm, I really like the guest episodes that we do and that we have done in the past. And we talked about this year trying to do more of that. There's still in the works the finalization of another guest that I don't want to announce. That's really exciting. Also coming hopefully in, uh, in the next few months in Q1 of this year. I think I can safely say. So that's going to be awesome. And yeah, anything you guys want to add on the upcoming guests or anything I missed on the race? I mean, I will say I'm pretty excited to have Pat and Kevin back on. They're they're great guests and they have great, you know, platforms that they're always working hard on. So it'd be cool to have them back on the show, which I'm really excited for. Yeah, it's fun to have other and I don't mean this in an offensive way, other small content creators on to talk about it because it's an interesting experience and um, calling ourselves small in that process. So no one take offense to that. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. What about you, Slugger? What do you think? No, I agree. Um, guest shows are always some of my favorite shows. I mean, I love talking to you guys, but it's always like, I don't know. It's nice to have someone kind of come in and, you know, give maybe perspectives of things we didn't, wouldn't consider or hear other people's gaming habits or what they're playing. It's it's always fun to get a new voice in the room for a little bit. Yeah, I totally agree with you there. Very good. And number three for housekeeping, just wanted to shout out real quick, a self-plug. We talked about Kevin and his podcast, PlayStation Plus Game Club. I did an episode over there talking about Shadow of the Colossus that released, I believe, about a week ago at this point, maybe a little less than that. Uh, but if you're interested, go and check that out. I had a great time recording over there, and it was a very fun show to do. Flipping the script, you know, I got to just be a guest and not a host, which was a fun experience. I'm like, I don't know where this bus is going. I don't know. I don't know what's. <laughs> I don't know where we're where we're driving. I'm just along for the ride. It's a great time. Uh, oh, Daryl, you listened to a little bit of that, right? I think you did. Thank you for that. Yeah, I I listened up to the part uh, before the spoilers. I had a good time listening to it. It was it was cool to hear you talk on it. It's 
different hearing you talk about a game and not talk about his trophies. So it's cool to kind of get your perspective on your on that game um, outside the trophies. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was fun. We don't normally get to flex our muscles like that because on here we really try to stick to trophies and not spoil game and story elements as much. So yeah, it was a really good time. Let's get into some platinum shoutouts pulled from the Discord. Now, Daryl, thank you for compiling these and getting them together. Would you like to take us in and discuss these trophies here that you have wanted to call out? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I did something a little bit different this time. I did put the game that the uh, people from the Discord had platinum, but I also threw in the platinum name as well. Oh, nice. Uh, I didn't really have time to put the percentages and all that. I got some for you. So this will be a list. I'll supplement it. <laughs> okay, right yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, so first time shout out, we got I'm That Dude. Coming in with the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, uh, Wonderlands Plat Bunkered Mastered. And uh, go ahead, Colin. Uh, of course, that's the one that I didn't. So <laughs> a little peek behind the curtain here. <laughs> I, I compiled a, a separate list of shout outs because we weren't sure who was going to do it for this episode. And so I had four of the, fi four of the five were the same that Daryl and I did. That was the one that was different that I didn't have the stat for. Damn it. So hold on. Uh, I got you guys. Okay. percent Thank you. On PSN profiles. Thank you. Sorry about that, Daryl. And native, 2.2%. Fantastic. All right, sir. Thank you. All right. All good. So second, we got Lorenzo Lame with the Metal Gear Solid 4 Platinum, the legendary hero. And that sits at a 4.11% on PlayStation profile or PSN profiles and 1.0% on the app slash native for the PlayStation 3. Nice, nice. Uh, number three, we got the Green Gorilla Gamer and Platinum, the Marvel Spider-Man 2 dedicated Platinum. <laughs> I remember you had some issues with that name <laughs> when we reviewed that list. So the Platinum for this, it's at a whopping 71.6% on PlayStation profiles and 18% uh, on the app for PlayStation 5. Man, continues to go up. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> number four we got jb underscore trophy hunter with the final fantasy master of one platinum Woo! uh that sits at a 73.64 percent on psnp and 36 percent on the app for playstation 4 all right and last we got shrillis with the alien fire team elite platinum ultimate badass man this one in ultra rare sitting at 4.02 percent on psnp and 0.2 percent on the app for the ps Five, very good. Thank you, Daryl. And what? Which ones do you want to call out here? Because you pulled these obviously from the Discord. Which ones stood out to you? Uh, I think with uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland scheme, I think that was one I just wanted to shout out because it's one of the the free games for the month, I believe. Uh, so that's one people can can pick up. The Alien Fire Team Elite was one that I definitely wanted to put up here to shout out. I know that was one you guys had talked on the show multiple times and talked about how difficult it was oh yeah uh, so it's pretty cool that out of out of the three of you one did end up getting the platinum yeah so the, the lone survivor <laughs> in that oh my gosh I have, that's a very cool one to have obviously since slugger and i had played it we've talked about it on the show that is a tough game to get through on those harder difficulties so well done Skrillis. uh slugger what about you what do you want to shout out here from the uh call outs i mean all of them Spider-Man 2, amazing game. Everyone should have that platinum. Uh, JB with Final Fantasy. 
I I really want to pick up that collection, but I I'm trying to rationalize that I have plenty of other RPGs I can play, and I can wait for those collection. You know, that whole collection to drop in price. But yeah, I'm looking forward to playing that eventually. Metal Gear Solid Four. Really, any Metal Gear game is super impressive in my eyes. I think there's only one or two that are like fairly common, but I think four was one of those difficult ones. Fireteam Elite, Colin, I know you and I kind of gave up on it. I don't <laughs> I know it's because of difficulty, but I think there was also it was just one of those things where it kind of just drifted away from us. Because mm-hmm. I remember we kept saying, like, ah, oh, we'll go back for collectibles or we'll go back to like level our weapons up, and we just never did. Yeah. Um And I, I think know, there's a someday. better I think there's a better method now because Skrillis did message me and and ask if I wanted to join because he had found, I think, a couple other people who were playing and I think even a new method that made it a lot easier to get through those harder difficulties. And I was just in the middle of too many other things where I was like, nah, I'm unfortunately going to pass, but appreciate the offer. So maybe there is a, an easier way now as well if we ever do decide to go back. Yeah, I know there's new classes and new weapons and I believe new like perks and abilities. Like there was, There's been a ton of content updates to that game since we've played. Which is surprising, um, I must admit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that the so, game is that well supported, but it must be a good group of people playing it. Maybe Skrillis can hard carry you and me through that. That'd be sweet. <clears throat> and then uh yeah, Wonderlands is kind of cool. I'm playing through it right now, killing time till Infinite Wealth comes out, which is tonight here in a couple hours. Oh uh gosh. so I'm probably going to put it to the wayside for a bit, but I'd say if you're a Borderlands fan, it it's not as strong as the other Borderlands games, but the gunplay is fun, the loot's good some really cool level designs i'm it, it's average it's good but if you're a big fan of borderlands i would say it's it's definitely worth playing if if you want more borderlands nice and that's the only borderlands game that's been developed natively for ps5 right am i correct in that i think borderlands mm-hmm. 3 is only there's only a ps4 version of that game and i no there's a ps4 version there Oh, no, but I'm saying it's the only one that's, like, released on PS5 at the same... You know what I mean? Like, it has a PS5 version. It has a PS5 SKU. No, a lot of... Uh, Borderlands 3 has a PS5 SKU as well. It does? Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I was looking at the wrong thing then, obviously. All right, well, thank you for that correction. But <laughs> it, is a, it is a beautiful game, and I'm, I believe I'm playing it on 120 frames per second, and, like, that with the HDR turned on, it's, it's completely gorgeous. Love that art design. Like, that Borderlands, like, comic book style art design never really gets old. Yeah, it is a very cool style. That's well said. I uh, I would agree. You guys called out really all the ones that I wanted to as well. Spider-Man 2, I'm just so blown away by the percentage on that thing. It is insane. 71.6%. When will it end? Will it get to 75? It's It is slowed down quite a bit, I will say. I think it took... Basically another month to go up 1%. It was like 70.6 at the time that I achieved it, I think. We shall see. Final Fantasy 1, though, and that whole collection, I agree with you. I I should get to the more of them at some point. I'm halfway through 6. Need to get back to that at a later date. And then of the other games in the collection, actually, Final Fantasy 1 would probably be the one that I would choose to do just because it's the shortest. I think it's only 12 to 15 hours platinum. So not too bad at all. And then, yeah, Alien Fireteam Elite, just uh, pretty, pretty sweet, pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. How excited good for are you? you f- yeah, good for you. Good for you, indeed. <laughs> uh, how excited are you, Slugger, for Infinite Wealth? I didn't realize it was tonight. No, are, I'm stoked. Are you chomping at the I... bit? I, I'm just thinking back to when Resident Evils are coming out. I'm always like, 
I'm like, oh my god, it's nine o'clock, <laughs> or it's like it's eight thirty. I can I can almost yeah. do it. It's almost midnight on the East Coast. So I've been trying to do a DLC cleanup uh, the last couple of weeks, or like backlog cleanup, just to kind of like kill time. I didn't want to start anything huge, and then Just Cause Three was my last DLC cleanup, and I finished that about two weeks ago. And um, I'm just like, I don't know. I I hit this slump. One of the nights after I finished that, I sat there and looked at my library of games. Mm-hmm. For like a shit you not, probably like an hour and a half. Oh, I hate those. I've done that before, too. Top of the list to bottom of the list. Jump over to the subscription service. Look at the games on there. Back to my library. And I played nothing. And I was like, I just need infinite wealth to come out. Like, I don't want to <laughs> play anything else but infinite wealth right now. That's amazing. So I'm, I'm more excited. Or I'm super excited for more uh, Yakuza goodness. Is this probably your most anticipated game this year? I would imagine. Uh, I would argue yes, yeah. Like I'm more excited for this than I am like Final Fantasy VII Rebirth stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I look at the trailers for that, I'm like, ah, whatever. I'll play that when I get to it. But like this, I'm, I'm like, yes, give me more of this. Maybe it's just because I just finished the man with no name, and I'm, you know, that story is still fresh in my mind, and I want to see what happens to cure you and how his story ends. And but yeah, I love seven. Uh, I actually talked about like a dragon seven here later on in the episode. Uh, I think that was arguably one of the best games in the whole series. And the gameplay switching from a brawler to a turn base, I didn't think I would like, but I actually really love it. And it's super stylish and fun. I'm I'm excited to see how they kind of like evolutionize that because I know they make some tweaks and changes to that in this one. Nice, dude. Evolutionize. Love that. I don't know how to you know what you, I mean. I think you just say evolve actually would work there. Evolve how they evolve the gameplay. <laughs> you, you, like, you like over you made it way, you made it so more, much more complicated than it. <laughs> but it was sweet, dude. I like that. I like that. I really want to play that game, Daryl. You and I are so fucked on this. We're so far behind on this franchise, and like I'm starting to feel now like I cannot ever catch up, and that's a I'd really say just negative feeling. If you're that far behind and you don't care, I would honestly just watch. There's got to be YouTube videos catching you up. Mm-hmm. I would play seven though. Seven's really, really good. Yeah, I think it's reasonable for someone new to the franchise to look at it and go, "Okay, what if I just play seven, and then what's the one the man who erased his name, and then eight? Yeah. Is that doable enough? Does that give me enough of the world that it's not a big I would, deal?" I would think so. And then you can probably just watch a nice like ten minute recap on Kiryu's story. Yeah, I mean, because again, I've been playing. Yakuza Kiwami 2 on the Xbox side recently. I'm probably 12 hours in over there. I'm on chapter 8, so halfway through the main story. And it's really good, and it's I'm, I really dig all the side activities. I'm having a great time, but because I enjoy everything in the game so much, I'm just compelled to do more than the mainline quest. And so I just know these games are going to take me, you know, probably... Yeah. Th- it's probably going to be 30 to 35 hours before I can put it down and feel satisfied with the experience, even if I don't get everything in it. So to do that all, for I mean, all of them, it's like, oh my gosh. All, all the side content, I think, is what mi- takes these games from like average games to amazing games. They're just so much good side content. Right. And it's like good. It's fun stuff, like wacky stories and fun mini games and mm. everything. Yeah. I don't know. It's well, like a I'll virtual, talk about it later. <laughs> virtual tourism to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Daryl, you, what's your thoughts on Yakuza recently? Have you been thinking about this franchise more with 8 coming out? I mean, it has been like popping up in my mind like this whole week because <laughs> I know this game was going to come out. I know Yakuza talks have been kind of going viral lately. So this is like one game where I was like thinking, dude, 
I would want to play this game, but I have not played any other Yakuza game. But it's also kind of tempted me to go back and play uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which I started like two years ago. Oh, nice. Um, but, you know, I'm kind of like you, Colin. Like, I feel like I would have to play all the games um, before I would even consider playing Infinite Wealth. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of just like that. I, I like to at least get the whole story. Um, before I can even like try to play the latest game coming out, I, I just feel like it would be more impactful that way. I know you can probably like like you suggested, just like play from seven onward. But I just feel like the story wouldn't be as impactful if I had like just started from like the very first game. That that's kind of like my approach to it. No, that's totally fair. Yeah, it's like I said, it's an intimidating franchise. I'm just sort of lucky in the sense that I also have an Xbox. And they're all on Game Pass, so it's super tempting to just not worry about the trophies and just kind of do it over there. And I've thought to myself, if I end up really loving it, then I can always come back and do 7 onward on the PlayStation side and get trophies for those. I also have progress in Kiwami 1 and in 0, so I could, you know, go back and clean those up. But those are some of the hardest ones, right, Slugger? What ones? 0 and Kiwami 1. Yeah, Kiwami 1, I think, is arguably the hardest. Uh, Zero is challenging, but I don't... Like, you can kind of cheese it. It's more difficult because it's just very long. You have Mm. to do absolutely everything in that game. But if you do absolutely everything in your first playthrough, you'll get, like, very overpowered weapons for your second playthrough that'll let you breeze through, like, the New Game Plus run on heart, you know, the most difficult mode. Mm -hmm. I think it's, like dragon or i forget what they call it i think it's legend legend yeah but then it's also notorious for like the trials mode which is like i don't know combat scenarios with certain modifiers so it'll be like hey beat these 30 guys without getting hit and there's like 30 20 or 30 of those you have to get through which can be kind of tough similar to like like the arkham knight challenges oh shit okay so yeah like all the arkham games well zero is doable kiwami from what i've heard is very very hard yeah, I mean, Kiwami 2 looked hard when I, I looked up the trophy guide for it just to see, like, how tough it would be to get some of them on the achievement side. And it doesn't look like they really get easier until probably 4. And I think 6 was the easiest one from what I saw. So we'll see. Yeah, right? six, was, 6 was super easy. Well, very good. We'll, we'll keep you all updated on the Yakuza saga. I have no doubt we're going to hear more of it and see more of it in the Discord in the coming weeks with people playing it. Very excited for you, sir. And thank you again for the plat shoutouts that you pulled, Daryl. Appreciate it. All right. Yeah, no problem. Let's go. Let's get into our Patreon shoutouts. This is a special shoutout, and thank you to all of our supporters over on patreon.com slash trophytalkpodcast, which we alluded to before. We've had some of the people there, Pat, like we mentioned, for quite a long time. So thank you guys very, very much for your support of the show. It really does mean a lot to us, and we greatly appreciate it. So this is a big thank you to the Portland Kevin, Pat the Trophy Hunter, the Slide G Cooper, Maximum Carnage, King K sixty nine sixty nine, Diego Juan, B Down, Against Me seventy five, Buff Cupcake, First Mage, Zachary, and Skrillist. Thank you all very much for your support of the show. And with that, one of the perks over there on Patreon, if you're at the silver tier or above for us, is that you get to write in a question slash comment each and every episode, and we'll do our best to answer them to the best of our ability. We've got a couple here today, a couple interesting ones, some more serious ones, and I think some very goofy ones as well. We're going to start off with First Mage, who writes in and says, or asks, 
If you had to smell like one video game character for the rest of your life, who would you choose? Now, this is a uh, this is an interesting one. Okay, it's a uh, it's a tough one to think about. In my mind, I had trouble grasping who I would even want. So I'm curious to hear <laughs> what you guys came up with for this one. Daryl, let's go to you first. What video game character smells like roses? We lose him. I don't know if we lost him there. Hold on. He did message that he was changing. I just realized I had that on mute. <laughs> nice. The classic mute. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, sir. Sorry. Yeah, I was adjusting my table, so I didn't want to have any of that back that background noise coming through. So no, that's I'm smart. here. I I'm here. I appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, what did you think? Who, uh, who do you want to smell like? Uh, so to your first question, Colin, I do not know which video game character would smell like roses. Mm. I could not even give you an answer if I thought, mm. you know, thought hard about it. Okay. Uh, dude, I, I honestly could not come up with an answer for this. I think my answer that I just decided that just came to my head was like probably the worst one. I'm sure there's probably better ones out there. <laughs> uh, but I just said Bruce Wayne, aka Batman. Ooh. Uh, you know he's smelling fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, in the beginning of the night or at the end of the night? Mm, uh, he, did, he did say I'll, Bruce Wayne. Oh, yeah. He didn't say Batman. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> what were you going to yeah, say, Daryl? true. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I, I would say before. I will say Bruce Wayne, definitely. Not the alter ego, but Bruce Wayne. Um, That's a smart choice. Because... Because the man's a billionaire, so the man has to keep up with appearances. He's not going around dressed like a bum or anything. The dude is making money. He's a playboy, so he's always around women. So, you know, the women, they're not messing around with no broke dudes, you know? (laughs) They have tastes as well. (laughs) So, he's doing something right. He's doing something right. So, honestly, I don't think Bruce Wayne is a bad choice at all. I'm actually liking my answer this time. No, I agree. That's a that's a really solid choice. I had a similar line of thinking when we get to which one I chose. But I think you're you're wise to do Bruce and not Batman because that dude, Batman would smell like ass sweat and spray paint and gasoline and just weird things. You know what I mean, guys? It, it would be an odd choice. So I'm glad you did Bruce. <laughs> uh, you know what? Now that you mention all that, it still attracts probably some of the hottest comic book women that I've ever seen grace <laughs> the pages of comic book history. That's true. Same with Peter Parker. You, know, you got Catwomen, mm-hmm. Poison Ivy, Oof. you know, Talia. Dude, yeah. these are some bangers. <laughs> the Catwoman in the new Batman was pretty fire, <laughs> I will say. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a great call. So, either or. Either or. Either or will work for me. <laughs> yeah, the, it depends if you want the the other superheroes slash villains, or if you're going for the more traditional women. You know, then that'll dictate which one you want to smell like. And that's really the question there. <laughs> <laughs> for real. I don't know, man. It's always this talk of baddies, mm-hmm. you know? So. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. I think I hate that word as well, but I'm with you on who you're choosing. Who you're who you're saying? All right, very good, <laughs> Slugger. What about you? What uh, what character are you gonna smell like? And do you know a character that smells like roses? I'll ask you the same thing. Mm, no. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll find it someday. Yeah. 
Let's see. I was going to go the same line of thinking Daryl did and pick like a, a dude that's pulling the ladies originally. I'll drop his name. I don't know if you're going to use him, Colin, but I was going to, you know, it's Yakuza Knight, oh my like God. a Dragon Knight. So I was going to say Kiryu. I know my man's talking to hostesses. He's talking to hookers. He's he's getting all the ladies. Everyone wants to have sex with him, but he's a virgin, but they still want him. Like, <laughs> all right, he dude. is. I literally, I, I selected him. I'll, I'll okay. expand, expand on it, but yes. Uh, I'll let I you agree. expand because I changed it up. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. That's originally what I was going to do. I said, nah, that's too boring. I'm going to get some use out of this. Wow, get fucked. It, that's basically if what you I told have me. to <laughs> <laughs> hear me out. Clank from Ratchet and Clank. Okay. He's just metal. He's not smelling like anything. If I could just smell like him for the rest of my life, I don't have to worry about BO. I don't have to wear deodorant. I can just walk around smelling like nothing. Robot's not going to smell. What's he going to smell like? He'll smell like whatever he walks and rolls around in basically right because nah, he's a, that's because, fine. and he also won't shower because he's a robot so he, he but might he's not worse he, you know he's not he's not gonna put out bo there's i no just BO. gotta like rinse off yeah there's no bo that's true it's easy to solve it's like bender from futurama mm. wouldn't smell well he might smell like liquor but i get your point i get your point and i don't think we've ever seen him like have to put oil on his arms and legs because my wife called me out at first. She's like, oh, he's going to smell like oil or like hydraulic fluid. I'm like, nah, they don't show that in the games. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's uh, what I initially thought as well, actually. My runners up, I feel like I need to call them out because I thought they were creative. Uh, the characters from Bug Snacks, because then I can just smell like whatever I'm eating. That may be cheating a little bit because uh, the whole premise of that game is the they capture the little Pokemon foods. And uh, they eat them, and then they turn into them. Wow. So I could just eat strawberries or roses and uh, just smell like whatever that is. But that may okay. hurt me if I'm going and, like, snacking on onions and stuff. Mm. Yeah, or garlic. Or garlic. You should be smelling funky. And then my uh, third runner-up was uh, The Perils of Baking Dude. Because I'm like, I know that guy's just smelling like fresh, be- fresh bread and delicious baked goods. Oh, that's and a pretty smart choice. Fresh bread always smells good. That's a pretty smart choice there. I like that. I was trying to think so. of that as well. Like, is there any characters that are chefs? <laughs> is there any, I like, yeah. people from Undercooked <laughs> or, or uh, Overcooked, I mean, Undercooked, uh, if that would be a good option. But no, I, man, those are smart choices. I ended up doing the, what you call it, the boring route. I went with Cosma Kiryu. Smart one. Well, it's just, so here was the thinking. It, it's that... I think most games are action games and or adventure games. And so the characters are constantly moving. They're sweating. They're they're just gross. So that was what came to mind initially. And I was like, these people also in canon rarely change clothes. They're just wearing the same thing every single day as video game characters. Because usually costumes and clothes are tied behind paywalls or unlocks or something like that. So I even in when I was typing the notes to myself, this is probably recency bias, but I'm going to say Cosmo Kiryu. And I said he does all the aforementioned things that I talked about with with the being sweaty and gross, but he smokes good Japanese cigarettes, he drinks good mm. liquor, he has a lot of adult escapades, and he probably wears a kick ass cologne. <laughs> That's how I described it. <laughs> and I like <laughs> and I like all those smells. So I'm gonna go with Cosmo Curious. Very similar to your Bruce Wayne slash Batman answer, Daryl. So we're on the same line of thinking for all of us, I think. Which is great. Good question there, First Mage. Appreciate that, sir. You guys have anything to add before we go to the next one? 
No, I mean, he asked for one and I threw out five. So I think I've spent my time. <laughs> hey, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to switch it up here and we're going to go with a more trophy centric and serious question after that more goofy one we had there from First Mage. We've got the Sly G Cooper writing in and he wants to ask, what are your five most proud platinums and why? So that's the first part. And then sort of 1B is, would you recommend them to others? And that was a fun sort of wrinkle to think about for me when I initially pulled them out and then going, well, are these games that everyone would enjoy? Or are these things the, my most proud Platinums because they're things specifically that I like? So that's kind of a tough question. But we're going to go to you, Daryl, first on this one. What did you have to say for your five most proud Platinums? I have a feeling I'm going to be able to guess at least one of them. Sure. Uh, so let's see. Okay. Uh, number one, I had Resident Evil 2 Remake Ooh. as one of my proud Platinums. Just because, you know, I, I was big on RE growing up, and I had never played a full Resident Evil game from beginning to end until I played the Remake. Uh, so I was really happy to have played that, got the experience. So RE2 for me, Remake, is uh, one of my proudest Platinums. Uh, followed by number two. It's just another sequel, Outlast 2. Ooh. Uh, this is one that has one of the hardest trophies I had ever trophy hunted for. This took me a lot of runs before I eventually got it. Very hard game, uh, but one of my proudest Platinums that I have, that I have to date. Uh, number three, I have Dark Souls Remastered. So this is my proudest Platinum because I had tried Dark Souls before. It didn't click for me then. And then this Dark Souls remaster is actually the copy I got from Colin, which I almost kind of just turned down because it really didn't click for me again. But I I think what kind of pushed me to keep going with it is that I streamed it. So I kind of had a few Dark Souls guys in my stream who was just kind of watching and kind of cheering me on. So that's kind of what kind of uh, like propelled me to keep playing it. And eventually it ended up clicking. So got the plan for that. And oh, yeah. four and five... Four and five, these are uh, a couple indie games, and this is what kind of prompted Colin to say that whole, you know, Daryl's been playing indie games only. <laughs> so The year is young. Um, it's only been these a few are weeks. Very, yeah. <laughs> it's been a few weeks, but man, I've been going hard. Mm -hmm. But uh, number four, I have the Gardens Between. So this is a game I had just like looked up on Reddit and... You know, this is one of the games where people were talking about that this is a PS Plus Extra. If you had the chance, check it out on that service. So I checked it out. It's a quick game. I think it only took me maybe like five to six hours. But the reason why it's my proudest platinum is that it is primarily a puzzle solving game. And if you heard me on this show talk about puzzles, puzzles are like my least favorite genre out of all the video game genres possible. And I did this whole game without a guide. And the puzzle solving was a little hard at sometimes, but I kind of just was like, well, I got in this far with no guide. Let me continue onwards. So eventually got the, the platinum without using a guide to solve any puzzles, which I was pretty hyped about. That's pretty dope. Um, it makes me want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> it is easier than the witness, like a hundred times easier. But there are some challenging parts where you kind of just got to take things a little slower, you know. But great game overall. And lastly, I have the Cub, which is my most recent Platinum. 
and the game wow. that I'll be talking about for our trophy list discussion, it was actually, like you said, calling an audible for me because I had uh, the Wolfenstein too, but people have heard me talk about the game enough and I figured that the Cub was a little bit more special to me because I actually am the 12th person to achieve this game according to PSN profiles. Whoa, dude. So I was pretty happy to see that. That's awesome. I know for a fact that I have never played a game and like got anywhere on that list. So I'm pretty happy to be like top 20. So pretty cool. I'm proud of that. So those yeah. are my top five. Dude, that's amazing. I, I don't think I've been anywhere near that, <laughs> near that number on any game I've ever played. So that's very cool. Yeah, that was the one game that I was going to guess as well was Wolfenstein 2. But I, I think it makes sense why it isn't. I think if you were talking to yourself, obviously it's a platinum you're very proud to have. But in terms of like trying to pick things that are a little more interesting for the audience, I think you did an awesome job there. So, great job. And I forgot the second part. So, I will recommend all of these games except for Outlast 2. I think if you're like a, a hardcore 100% completionist, I think Outlast 2, if you're like willing to put in the time and the patience, that's one that's really going to um get you caught up with like you know trying to get the platinum everything else is pretty much doable re2 remake does have some challenging spots but you know colin and i have done it sluggers done other resident evil games so resident evil games aren't entirely difficult but everything else is pretty much i would recommend those to everybody nice well said i agree with you on the resident evil thing it's sort of to me one of those games where the reputation might scare people off that the franchise is difficult and there is some tough things about it but ultimately they end up in the four to six range out of ten in terms of difficulty and i think that's a pretty great spot for a franchise to be in so good shout outs there all right slugger what do you got for your five most proud platinums and if you would recommend them all right a couple of these i've i've hit on for multiple questions or variations of this question so i'm not going to spend too long on them uh, but Vanquish on PS3, it was one of my early Platinums. I think it was Platinum, uh, I don't know, I was just looking at it. It was like 7 or 8 for me, so I was fairly new to trophy hunting. And uh, man, that game was tough. Uh, it's a 2.26% on PSN profiles, making it my third most rare Platinum. But the game's awesome. It's such a cool third-person shooter very very fast-paced futuristic fun going through the actual game is fine it's the trial like the trials at the end of the game that kind of bump the difficulty up i think it's doable but it takes time it takes patience you got to learn the the challenges um so i'd recommend it just go into it expecting a challenge I think outside of the challenge, it's still a very solid shooter. I believe there's even a PS4 version now. Um, so it probably looks a lot better than it did when I played it. Number two, Dead by Daylight. Same thing. This is, I don't know. Multiplayer games are tough. Like this and Fall Guys, where it's like you're relying on other people or playing against other people. It kind of, to me, even if the game's not very difficult to difficult it kind of like artificially ramps the difficulty up because you could have everything set up perfectly for you to earn a trophy and then another player goes and fucks it up so very proud of finally going back and knocking that game out i need to i keep telling myself i'm going to go back to it and 
kind of just chip away at DLC because there's, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of DLC trophies in that game. And they just keep releasing more and more. I think there's an Alan Wake DLC coming soon. What? So, yeah, uh, you get to play it. I don't know if they're doing a killer because I don't know what they would do, but I believe they're adding Alan Wake to the game. Wow. It's the ultimate horror crossover. Yeah. Like game in general. I mean, sorry, not the Alan Wake's piece specifically. No, yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. Chucky's in there. Alien. Friggin' who's the... Uh, what's her name? Ripley from Alien. Like they, just about any iconic horror movie franchise is in there, and now they're tying in like iconic video game horror franchises. There's a ton of Resident Evil characters, Silent Hill. God, what did I just say? Alan Wake. Like, yeah, it's pretty much Fortnite for horror stuff, which is really cool. What else? Rayman Legends number three. I've also talked about this before. Awesome, amazing platformer. Easily one of the best platformers I've ever played. Made difficult by the, I don't know, four to eight month grind, depending on how dedicated you are to doing daily challenges. You have to do daily challenges for months. Outside of that, it's a pretty easy platinum, but it's just that time commitment makes it difficult. I didn't think I would ever actually stick with it, um, but it kind of clicked early, late two years ago, early last year. I just kind of stuck with it and was really happy to get that one knocked out. So very proud of that one. Yakuza 7. I had mm. to throw this in there. It's mm -hmm. Yakuza Night. Um, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's my favorite one in the series. Another huge time sink. If I remember right, it took me about 110, 120 hours. Knock out the platinum for that one. Holy and it's very shit. similar to all the other Yakuza's. Do absolutely everything you can in the game. Um, what makes it difficult is you have to clear the like Millennium Tower dungeon all the way up to the top floor and beat the final boss. To do that, you have to max out all your characters, be loaded up with the best gear, have all the items, and on top of that, you're probably still gonna fail. Like, it really does come down to strategy and builds and using certain attacks at certain times. Um, it's it's a very challenging trophy uh, for the knocking out the platinum for that one. And uh, last but not least, I threw Shovel Knight in there. Uh, this is a new one I've talked about, not a new Platinum. I believe I got the Platinum, it was about two years ago. But I played this game on the Vita initially, and then, yeah, I got the Platinum 20, 22nd of February 2022. Lots of twos in there. Started on Vita. I believe I cleaned it up on the PS4, but this was one I was always intimidated by, because if you hear anyone talk about Shovel Knight, they talk about the difficulty, especially going for the Platinum. I believe you have to go through the whole game without dying. You have to go through the whole game or each stage without using a checkpoint. Um, there's a lot of different like modifiers, which makes it great for like kind of like Resident Evil, like doing uh, full runs with different modifiers. Yeah, I did cheese it a little bit and use like save backups. Um, but even with that, it was still very difficult. There was also a speed running one where you had to finish the whole game in an hour, 30 minutes. Very stressful. I think that's actually the rarest trophy in the game. Um, I I would recommend that one as well. It's arguably one of the best indies you could play out there. Um, so, yeah, I would recommend all mine. Actually, maybe not Dead by Daylight. But I will say, like I said, Dead by Daylight is like a fortnight for horror games. If you're down for a long grind, it's honestly not too difficult it's more of a time commitment um but it's really it's a really really fun multiplayer game i don't think there's really anything else like it a lot of 
games have tried to do the asymmetrical asymmetrical multiplayer stuff and they either fail or don't stick around long i know like friday the 13th was probably the last like successful one that competed against dead by daylight and they're no more or at least heading that way so yeah dead by daylight still very active still a lot of fun still getting updated so i don't think you could go wrong there if you're okay with multiplayer stuff if you're okay with the grind the grind the grind is real in that game but you'll have fun doing it it's not a horrible thing to have a game that you're doing that with on the side, I think. I've come to that realization. It's okay to have one of those slow burners cooking in the background. You just revisit it every, every once in a while. Just an hour here, an hour there. Before you know it, you're making solid progress. Awesome, sir. Well, I think we've all called out some really cool games, some surprises from both of you, for me at least, in, in what you chose. So I'm curious if you guys will... I'm sure you guys can guess mine very easily. But uh, <laughs> here we go. So, I, I mean, everyone knows Resident Evil has to be in there of some sort. I could probably pick many from the franchise. Resident Evil 2 Remake, for the exact same reason that it was important to Daryl, was important to me in that I had played many Resident Evil games when I was younger, loved them, had never been successfully able to complete any of them other than 5 and 6. And so none of the classic ones was I able to beat as a younger kid. And so being able to get the Platinum and RE2 Remake was amazing. But I think just for the sake of what it meant in terms of the franchise as a whole, I ended up going with RE1 Remake, which I've told the story many times here about how I got it when I was younger. It was too freaking scary, too hard, and I was too young to be playing it. And I just left such an impression on me, though, that I just came to love the franchise over the years and kept coming back to it, even if I wasn't good at it and I was scared of them. So being able to get that one done was awesome. That's definitely on there. Uh, my number two choice was actually Arcade Geddon. And these are in no particular order, but Arcade Geddon is actually my rarest trophy that I own, the Platinum for that game. It is one of the very few Platinums I have that is a ultra rare on PSNP. And it's not a particularly challenging game, and it's also not a very great game, but it is one of the few online multiplayer games that... I grinded out and had that sort of experience with where I kept coming to it for a little bit every single week once everyone had sort of gotten over it and left it behind. So that's a rare thing. Normally, I'm the, one of the guys that gets over the multiplayer game on the earlier side and kind of drops out, but this was one that I stuck with for whatever reason. And it did take a long time, but it was, by the end, I was pretty darn good at that game and knew how to farm really well and effectively and had really maxed out gear and all that stuff. So that was fun. And I actually, by the end of it, came to like the game, even if I didn't love it. But that's a really proud Platinum. Uh, number three is Demon Souls for the PS5. This was not my first Souls Platinum, because I actually Platinumed Elden Ring before that, before going back to, to get this one. But in terms of any Platinum in the series, I think it's between this and Dark Souls 1, which would be the most impactful. I don't have Dark Souls 1 Platinum. So it goes to Demon Souls because it's just the OG. It's the one that started it all, basically created a new genre of gaming. You know, and you could argue that Dark Souls really popularized that and made it more mainstream, especially once you got to things like Dark Souls 3 but and, and Bloodborne. But ultimately, it started with Demon Souls. So to be able to go through that game, and I did a strength build, which was fucking awful. Had to get help from Slugger in New Game Plus Plus in order to be able to do anything and, and finally clean up the Platinum. Mm. But that was a great one. So that's number three. Number four and five was tough. I had a lot more different choices to go after here. But 
I think I'm settled. Number four is going to be Ruined King, a League of Legends story. It's a game that uniquely I am poised to love just because of how much I was into League of Legends for so many years of my life. And that's kind of waned more recently, but I still love the characters and the lore and the artwork that goes along with League of Legends. And this is a turn-based game, which I'm not normally good at. And it's one that I encountered not a glitch in, but basically missed a bestiary entry. Why does this always happen with me in fucking RPGs where I miss a bestiary <laughs> entry? And I had to, to do uh, most of another playthrough in order to end up getting the plat. But also, one of the few people I know that's gotten the plat in that game. It's not a very talked about game. I think Zachary has it as well in the Discord. But yeah, that one has to go on there. And then ugh, the final choice. It's between, it's between two games, dude. Mm. I mean, I think I'm going to give it to Ghost Runner and nice ghost, i almost picked that yeah ghost runner is just <clears throat> including the dlc it's a very challenging and brutal sort of experience i went to a buddy's house about a week ago and he's a more casual gamer and we started up ghost runner he had it installed he had never touched it and i was like all right go ahead and play the first level and just seeing someone try to learn that game who isn't necessarily really great at all video games, it's it's weird man like that game is tough and i think by the end of it you feel like such a a badass you're able to do so much and be very expressive with your skills in that game and it was a really great 10 hour condensed action experience so i'll i'll, I'll close with that one the, the backup option i had was the original quake because that's actually an ultra rare for some reason i have no idea why but anyway mm. um those are the five i had in terms of recommending them real fast definitely would recommend resident evil remake the caveat being it's an old game it plays old tank controls to some extent or at least you know fixed camera angle it can be tank controls if you choose the older control scheme it is brutal but it's 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 not as bad as you think once you start to get a basic understanding of the game same thing goes for demon souls daryl you had this experience everyone has this experience with a souls game where it just kind of clicks all of a sudden and even if demon souls is your first plat or first souls game eventually you will you will get it something will click and the game is going to fall into place this might take you five to ten hours to get there I also recommend uh, Rune King, League of Legends story. Great soundtrack, beautiful artwork. Uh, enough people, or not enough people played this game because it's a league game, and so they were maybe put off by what they didn't know. The, the thing is, there really isn't anything to know outside of these games. These are the games that are really starting to expound on the lore more than just a paragraph of text in the normal game. So it's a great jumping in point, and it's a really, really solid, mechanic, uh, solid mechanical turn-based RPG. So check that out. What else? Did I miss anything? Ghost Runner, I would recommend, again, the caveat being it's tough. You just have to be patient. Arcade Geddon is the only one I would say probably skip it because I don't think they added any sort of new content to that game recently. I don't think they've done any sort of major update that would be reason to draw you back in. It's just sort of one of those multiplayer games that kind of came and went, and I'm sure they were hoping it would take off more than it did, and it just didn't end up doing it. Those are my top five. You guys have anything you want to add before we move on to the next question? Now, as peaking, Arcade Again is rarer than Alien Fireteam Elite. Is it really? That's yeah. wild. <laughs> it's certainly not as hard. I guarantee you that. <laughs> Fireteam Elite was like a 4%, surprisingly. Whoa. And Arcade Again on your profile is like 1. Point something. Yeah, it's like 1.98, I think. 1.82. 82. Wow, there you go. Crazy. Because Fireteam's Elite was very difficult. <laughs> I feel like that percentage has jumped. I remember when we were playing... I, I could be wrong. I could have sworn the percentage for the Platinum when we started playing that game was closer to 2.5%. Oh, so I was thinking it was like a 1-something. 
Okay. Yeah, so it, you think it's gone up as well. I'd be curious yeah. to know. Hmm. All right. Well, cool, guys. Good stuff. Thank you for your answers. Thank you for the question, Gary slash the side G Cooper. Much appreciated, sir. Another goofy one. This one's coming to the Loadmaster first because you deal with planes all the time, all right? So get ready. Oh, good. King K6969 asks, would you rather fly for free for the rest of your life but have to sit in the last seat on the plane and be the last on and off, or would you rather pay normal prices to fly but get upgraded to first class every time? Free is the no-brainer. I mean, I, 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 I got an answer. What do you got for this? I, I think there's only one right answer here. It, it's hard because I did. I actually got a free upgrade flying home from uh, New York. Flew out of LaGuardia to Little Rock and got to sit in the Comfort Plus seats. Mm -hmm. So not quite first class, but somewhere in the middle. It was nice, but it was still like, hey, I'm still on a plane and the seat's still uncomfy. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, flying free, like, can you imagine? Like, I'd be gone every weekend. You could It'd go be in, awesome. It doesn't stipulate whether it's international or domestic, right? So we could yeah. just do... You just do a ton of international flights for free. I would like instead of driving two hours to Memphis, I'd be like, oh, let's just fly. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so basically what you're saying, though, is it doesn't bother you to be the last on and off of the plane and sit in the back. So this is the part that I think is maybe deceiving because that last seat doesn't recline. So to me, the back's fine. I actually aim to get as far back as possible. What? I know it sounds crazy, but like I'm not a guy every time I've done like a short layover, like a 45 minute layover. It's maybe it's because I've been flying with kids the last couple of times it's happened, but it's chaos. Any type of delay immediately like induces panic because it's like, oh, God, I only have like 45 minutes and, you know, we're 10 minutes. We're still on the ground. We were supposed to take off 10 minutes ago. What's going on? Right. Like I'll take longer layovers, you know, two, three hour layover to give myself wiggle room. I'll sit in the back of the plane, let everyone else go in front of me. If they all want to board first and I board last, I don't care. I'll sit in the terminal. It's comfy out there. I can eat an Auntie Anne's pretzel. Like, oh, man. <laughs> yes. But I don't know how you can beat free. Like, it's very expensive. I just think about flying to New York. It costs me, like, anywhere from six to $800 a person to fly home to New York. So, like, when we go home, you know, once a year to see family... We're dropping almost like two grand on plane tickets mm -hmm. now with kids and everything. I like give. I'll keep the money. I'll be uncomfortable for an hour or two. That's a yeah. I okay, I, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> I feel it, Daryl. What do you think? What is the right answer here? Do you feel that there is a an obvious choice, or is it a little more nuanced? You know what? I'm probably okay. I get Slugger's point. It makes total sense. I would definitely do that, but I think because of the trips I've been doing, I would I would do the latter. I'll pay normal price, but and get upgraded, upgraded first class every time. Woo! Holy yeah. shit, he did it! He did it! Hold on, I'm I'm actually thinking now. Daryl's got a good point. Okay, what, are you? Oh, when, you uh, no, no. When, no. when was your when was your last flight? Was it to Japan? It was. I bet on those big planes that first class was like money. I bet they had the full little like cubicle booth seat and they were like reclining and laying down the, and the food experiences long, is amazing in first class on international flights it's incredible how, you can have whatever you want Daryl, how long of a flight was that 
Uh, I gotta say it was at least like 14, 16 hours. Oh God, see that mm, that makes me second guess my choice because I'm like I could fly anywhere in the world, but would I want to fly anywhere in the world when I'm miserable? <laughs> <laughs> right, and this is exactly, and, and this would be for all of your flights, right? It, yeah. there's, it, it's a blanket blanket application. It's funny, Daryl. I agree with. I was gonna say the same thing. I was gonna surprise uh, Slugger and be like, I'm going with the first class. But, yeah, I'll but stick keep going. Free. But but keep going. Why? Do you, what else is great about it? Okay, so. For me, you know, I wish I can fly for free. I don't mind sitting in the last seat on the plane, and I don't mind being on or off last. But the thing for me is just the leg room. I won't be able to get that in the last seat. And because it doesn't recline, I'm going to be miserable. And the last two trips I've taken have been, like, really long. It's like, at least, I mean, my trip to Thailand was like 17 hours. So I know for a fact I'm going to be miserable that whole time. I won't be able to sleep. I won't even be able to, like anything because i'll be just like oh dude the seats are terrible but i got it for free but just a few other things is just like i hate when i get onto the plane i'm like this happened on my last trip i'm like the last one on which i don't really care mm-hmm. but there's like no room to put my carry-on on oh i know these like fuckers everywhere's do. taken yeah they fucking put their shit everywhere instead of just like you know filling up the front and going backwards like my seats all the way in the back, and then I have to put my carry on at like the very front of the of the airplane. Here, here's, like, the, here's what I'll say, what? dude. Can we fucking relax with these carry ons these days, champs? You know what I'm saying? You you understand? Like, what is? There's they're massive. Everyone's got an extra bag now. Everyone's got a backpack, a laptop bag, a fucking rolling bag. Yeah, people are rolling out with four bags as carry ons when you're only supposed to be allowed one. Yeah, it's like, dude, <laughs> I got a backpack. Okay, like can. What are you doing? Anyway, go ahead, Daryl. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I do, would just like to have my carry-on a little closer to me. That way, you know, I can... It's easy to access. When we disembark, you know, like, people grab their shit and not mine by accident. Because I'm, like, always looking like I'm all the way in the back and I can still see my bag. I hope someone doesn't take it because I'm going to be rushing down that aisle <laughs> to get my stuff back. Right. But, you know... The leg room is what it really boils down to. Like, I'm usually, like, my wife will usually, like, get those seats by the door where, like, they'll say, oh, are you okay with sitting here? And then they do, like, that whole, like, little tutorial about, like, oh, yeah, if an emergency happens, will you be able to help us? Do you agree? Do you agree? Okay, cool. That's usually where we sit. You're sitting in the emergency It's, more leg room for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I can pop that door open if need be. (laughs) But, yeah, man, I pay an hour price, you know, I'm... I'm going to pay the normal price, but I, I know I'm getting something out of it so I can have my bride be a little bit more enjoyable. Yeah, I'm with you on that because first class international is also, and not only is it a really great experience in terms of the food options, it's actually, I wouldn't say it's a comfortable position. Like you said, Slugger, you're still flying, but it's it appears to be, because I've never done first class international, to make that clear. It appears to be, in what you see, just an insane experience. So... That's awesome. Also, I would never be able to afford flying internationally first class. Maybe like one or two trips in your entire life could you do that. And it would be one year. I'm splurging. It's our 20th anniversary or something we're going on. You know, it's something like that. But most of the time, most people cannot afford to do that. I think it'd be so cool. It'd be so cool. And in the flights, it matters less. They're, they're cheaper anyway, flying more domestically. I know it's, it's not inexpensive, a grand each time going back and forth to the East Coast or whatever. When we go back there, like Slugger, you were saying, it's like two grand when you have kids and stuff. It's it's a lot of money for sure, but at least you'd be comfortable and at least you'd be well fed 
well taken care of. Yeah, I think it'd be a pretty solid experience. You, you get hot hand towels up there, man. You get hot compress before your, before your meal, stuff like that. You get a little wipe down. They give you dessert. You get sundaes, ice cream, extra coffees, you make whatever alcohol mm. you want. I mean, God's sake, you can just do whatever you wanted up there. It, mm, it's free, though. I could go bankrupt and lose everything I have. I could lose my <laughs> wife and my kids and my house and everything. And I could be like, well, at least I can fucking fly to Germany or wherever I want. <laughs> you'd, li- you'd basically live on flights at that point. <laughs> you could live on flights. They'll feed you on there. In the back seat. <laughs> in the very, I, could be a, I could be a homeless person living on the airplane. <laughs> that would be insane. <laughs> just like, who's that? Uh, it's just, you know. It's Josh back there. Don't yeah. worry about him. Don't worry about he's, him. He he won this weird contest way back home. in the day. Yeah. <laughs> he's homeless. <laughs> yeah, he's homeless. He lives on the plains. He's just here. All right. Well, I Fucking think bums. <laughs> you could be one like an undercover air marshal. People would probably think that. I often think mm. about that where I'm like, is there an air marshal on my flight? You just never know. I mean, that's the whole intention, but they could be there. It could. I don't know. Not, you're never gonna need them ninety nine point nine percent of the time, but I mean, based on some of the stupid ass viral plane videos I've seen in the last year, they're definitely not on every flight. Yeah, there's people doing some crazy shit on airplanes lately. Oh my and, god! Uh, <laughs> what is up with that, dude? There's no air marshal stopping anything on there. We're getting too comfortable with air travel now. It's been it's been around for so long, and it's so accessible now that people are starting to just be cavalier about it. Sort of like they're like think about driving and the shit you do when you drive. Sometimes you see people. I'm like putting makeup on on the freeway. Like, what, yeah. are you, what are you fucking doing? Like, you're just too comfortable in that car. I think we're getting to that point where we're too comfortable in the plane. We got to get back to this is a this is a, a different sort of experience, right? You can't be farting on here, hell loud. You can't be getting into fist fights. You can't be what? We got to chill just out. Just respect each other. You got to respect each other's space. It's a shared mutual space. Don't put other people into a situation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Into a situation, exactly. (laughs) I love how they describe that on LSM stuff. Yeah. Oh my god. And now you're in what we would call a situation. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. All right. Very good. Thank you for the question, King K. Much appreciated. Final Patreon question comes to us from EDJ 3DG, the Call of Duty master. This is a fun one as well, and he wants to know about what our favorite cartoons and TV shows were when we were growing up. A great question, a nostalgic question. It's fun to think about these things and revisit them, and it's weird how every once in a while something will just pop into your mind, a show or something you haven't thought of in quite some time, and maybe you didn't even really remember much about it until it was jogged by someone saying something. Or, Yeah, it's very cool. So what do you guys have for this one, Daryl? Let's go to you first. Favorite TV shows when you're growing up? I got to say a lot of my favorite cartoons came from Nickelodeon. That's where I spent like the entirety of my childhood was on yeah. like the Nickelodeon channel. You know, that was like probably like the one thing that my mom usually had on. I was really late. I, I never had a Cartoon Network. So Nickelodeon was like my, you know, my main spot for cartoons. So like shows like Rugrats was big for me. Uh, Rocco's Modern Life. I think the one I really liked the most was Hey Arnold. Uh, and that was like the show I really liked because I would watch that all the time. And my mom knew how much I liked it. And it got to a point where like, you know, the Nickelodeon studios were like coming out with like uh, different animated movies. So like there was like one for the Rugrats. 
uh hey arnold and she took me to go see that which was pretty cool like i'm on there like all hyped mm. i know all the characters on the screen my mom didn't really care but she she knew how how much i enjoyed the like the show itself so that was pretty cool uh but nickelodeon has some really good cartoons on there man hey arnold was my big one so and then like uh let's see whether was there i mean the magic school bus was also a favorite of mine as well oh hell yeah you could not go wrong with Magic School Bus. That's like <laughs> old school. I think I was in elementary when that came out. I totally you forgot know? about that I think show. my favorite episode was like the one where they're like discovering how the eye, you know, sees colors. And then there's like a game out of it. I think they're like in a pinball game or something. So they had to like use the colors to refract the beams and redirect lights somewhere. And dude, that was such a cool episode. And it's one I, I remember show. every now and then. Yeah, where the where is it that is. show? What, what's going on with that show, dude? That's a sick show. <laughs> they need to bring this back. <laughs> and Recess, I forgot yeah. about that. You're 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 speaking just jogged my memory on that. Recess, the show was sick. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was a good one. I I miss when cartoons back in the day were like when the holidays would come around, or like even Halloween. They had like every freaking show on the network that that had it. Um, a holiday themed episode. Yeah. Oh yeah. I missed a lot. That was so cool. Like every episode had like something about Halloween or even Christmas. Dude, those were the days. I was like, God, it just got you into the spirit of like the holiday that that was just right around the corner. Yeah, it's a cool shout out. Uh, they have compilations like that for things like The Simpsons on Disney Plus. It's weird that The Simpsons is on there, but it is. And yeah, you because uh, of Fox. But yeah, you can just search for the. Treehouse of Horror, which is awesome. Stephanie and I have done that a few times. Yeah, man. Those are awesome choices. Nickelodeon, huh? Nickelodeon kid. Interesting. Interesting. That's right. I There was... It, it was like sort of a division. I'm curious. Slugger, what, what were you? Was your upbringing also with a bunch of Nickelodeon stuff? Yeah, I mean, that... I was a Nick kid. Like, I'm not going to lie. Daryl kind of... I think Daryl had the show notes. All he typed in there was Nickelodeon. And I was like, man, that's all I watch. Let me type in Nickelodeon, like 90 shows. Like this top 30 list is everything I watch. And these are, I don't know if I could pick one. I guess I could pick a couple, but like 90s Nickelodeon was just so good. And maybe that's my nostalgia speaking, but I like watching what my kids watch now. I'm sorry. I had a better childhood. Maybe that's my fault. I've tried to impart some of this on them and they just, they, they won't have it. I don't know what these little friggin' kids think is entertainment, but it's not whatever they're watching. 90s Nickelodeon is prime, prime animation, prime entertainment. It's just, you can't beat it. It is some good shit. <clears throat> like if I, do you want me to lead into my answer? Cause I, oh, I got yeah, a couple that's what I mean. call out. Yeah, go ahead. On go top ahead. Of, that's what I meant. I was trying so, to get you in there. Yeah. So if I had to pick one, I loved rocket power. Cause like you Colin, I was like, I'm a skater kid. And Rocket Power is just like, man, look how rad these cartoon kids are. We're <laughs> they're so just shredding. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're shredding the California beaches. I want to be like them. So Rocket Power is awesome. All that. Are you afraid of the dark? Once I got a little older and could handle like the scary stuff, goosebumps. Honestly, I don't want to forget these. Just about any of the Nickelodeon game shows. Ooh, the game. Oh, what was the someone, ones? Mm, those yeah. are good. 
I forgot. Like uh, Double Dare, Double Dare 2000, Guts. There was Arcade, Legends of the Hidden Temple. That's the one. Legends of the Hidden Temple. That's my shit. That was awesome. That's my shit. I always wanted to like be a part of those game shows. Because I would watch them and I'd be like, look at these idiots trying to run through this course. Look how bad they're doing. I could do better. And I probably wouldn't. But, <laughs> you know, you're just like armchair quarterbacking these like six-year-olds running through this maze. Awesome. Nickelodeon was awesome. As I got a little older, I kind of leaned more into Adult Swim and kind of switched a little bit. Uh, so I do want to call out like Robot Chicken, Boondocks. Oh, what were the other ones I liked? Aqua Teen, Hunger Forest, really any of that, or the early Adult Swim stuff. I was watching all that falling asleep every night. So those were great too. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm happy you mentioned some of those because actually... I was not a Nick kid. I had cart- I was a Cartoon Network kid. So even though I would watch the shows you guys talked about, sometimes, mostly at friends' houses, I when I was home, and the ones that I remember were more the Cartoon Network stuff. But I got to call out early, at least, that when I was really young, the stuff I remember really loving was things like Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, the Flintstones, mm, good one. the Jetsons, uh, and things like that that were really the old sort of mix-up of of cartoons marvin the martian stuff you know like things like things like that were were really really solid even bugs bunny i remember watching a ton as a kid it's just some classic cartoons it's just really funny those are basically everything on the boomerang channel now or the boomerang app when i got a little older i watched cartoon network mostly like i said so that was adults the like impetus of adult swim and that sort of led into adult swim as well but the early stuff that i liked over there was ed ed and eddie was one of my favorite ones and uh, yeah. and Powerpuff Girls honestly which I felt weird about as a young boy because I was like I don't know if I'm supposed to is this is this for me I didn't understand right I, I, like I didn't know but the thing is the the villains in there the art style and the con, like the con I say the combat like the game the fighting is badass in Powerpuff Girls so if you haven't watched that show I recommend you check it out also there's a uh, Dexter's Lab was the other one that was really big over there at that time Johnny Bravo, things like that were more what I watched day to day. And then as I got older, that transitioned into Sea Lab 2021, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, obviously very early Family Guy came out around like 1999, 2000. Home Movies was another really, really early one on Adult Swim and Robot Chicken, as you had mentioned. So things like that, which were really awesome. I have a, one other shout-out from my early childhood, actually, before I forget. Transformers Beast Wars was the Transformers show that I watched. I don't know really when it was on. I have distinct memories of it being on before school, and then other times I remember watching it in the afternoon. But this was the one where the Transformers crashed on this planet, and they could turn into dinosaurs, basically. And it was fucking epic. And now I went back and watched the opening cinematic, and it looks so bad now, but... Man, when I was a kid, I thought it looked awesome. Check out the trailer for Transformers Beast Wars. It'll it'll blow your mind <laughs> in, in many ways. So, yeah. And then middle school, the shows I got more into were things like Survivor came out, which I really loved. Uh, even Stevens on Disney Channel. And then I'd be lying if I said I didn't watch Lizzie McGuire because Hillary Duff was hot. You know, I'm not going to not going to beat around the bush here. You know what I mean? So it was a good shout. I I said I was a Nick kid. I think I went through phases similar to you because I would say like my teenage years, it leaned more towards Disney because I heavily remember like even Stevens and Lizzie McGuire. I definitely watched Powerpuff Girls and Dexter's Lab. Yeah. Boy Meets World. It's, oh, Boy Meets World is 
That's still amazing. You <laughs> yeah. go that show holds up well. You could go back and watch that now and have a good time. For sure. Yeah. So I yeah, I really liked this question. It was fun to revisit sort of the shows that I remembered from growing I just up and need, what one stuck with me. I want a nostalgic subscription service where I can just get all these all these things we're talking about packaged <laughs> into one. Let me just relive my childhood in <laughs> yeah. one subscription service. That'd be funny if you like just could pick and choose. Like you get like ten shows, ten movies, ten games, ten whatever, and it's like boom, that's your package. This is your nostalgia package. It's fifty bucks a year. Nostalgia network. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With AI, it's possible. <laughs> they'll they'll do it. All right. Fantastic. Thank you for the question. Very much. Appreciate it. EDJ three DG. Well done, sir, on your Call of Duty adventures as well. And see you've been jamming on that stuff. So keep it up. Okay. For this show, we've got some trophy list reviews now that we want to get into. I think there's been some allusions to what some of us are talking about throughout the night. We've a pretty wide swath of games of different genres and such. So I'm not entirely sure if I want to go Daryl first. I mean, or Slugger first. Hmm. Do you guys have a preference, I guess, on who goes first? I can also go first. Anyone like anyone really? I don't mind going it? first. All right. Yeah, go ahead, Daryl. Take, take us away. Yeah, so uh, the game I'll be talking about is called The Cub. So this is a brand new game. It was developed by Demagogue Studios and published by Untold Tales. This is a sci-fi and adventure platformer game. And you can play this game as of today. You can pick it up on the store for $15.99. But I picked it up on the sale, which is currently going on right now, uh, for $10. Either way, both prices are pretty good. I think the price is worth it for this game that you're going to play. If you happen to to take a chance on it. Uh, You know, one day I was like looking for a game, didn't know what to review, and just saw that the Cub was like a two to three hour package. And right away I was just like, all right, cool. I'm buying this game. Let me review it. Um, And I'm happy I got to review it because it's a great game and I think it's well worth your time. Trophy list, there's 12 trophies total. You got one plat, eight golds, five silvers, and six bronzes. So I think, Colin, is that well, uh, is that pretty <laughs> cool with you? Does that, uh, does that start the 2024 year off right with the distribution? I think it's all right. It, you know, it, it gets a seal of pass by me. You know, I'm, I'm good I'm gonna with break, it. Yeah, I'll break it down here once Daryl's done. <laughs> and I'll ruin it. Yep, yep, yep. We're, yeah. We've got a real stinker upcoming, folks. Just get ready for it. <laughs> uh, so first thing we'll kind of talk about is the platinum name. Uh, so the platinum name title is Boondoggle, which is a word, you know, believe it or not. What does it mean? I was very... Uh, so Boondoggle actually means a wasteful or impractical project or activity. When I looked that up uh, at the very beginning, I honestly did not know how that was relevant to the game at all. Uh, it was very peculiar. I mean, the name <laughs> itself just strike me as a word that was just non-existent in the, the dictionary, but it's there. I looked it up, and I got that. But when you play the Cub, when you get familiar with the character, the story, uh, the reason why humans have left Earth and why they come back years later... It all makes sense, and you begin to realize that Boondoggle actually makes sense. So the story goes, Earth is no longer habitable. You know, there's been a lot of wars, famine, climate change. 
the people with the money decide to leave Earth on rockets and they go all the way to Mars. They leave almost the entire human population on Earth stranded with no way to leave. So they're there stuck. Uh, so over time, all the humans begin to die off, except for this one child who is raised by, uh, by wolves, who is you know, named in the game as the cub. And um, the Did story kind of takes off from there. Him? Humans come back. No, so <laughs> the wolves don't name him, but you know he's okay. raised with the wolves. Okay, so okay. there's no other way. There's no other naming convention to give him but the cub. Okay, gotcha, uh, gotcha. That would be cool though. I, I, I I'm kind of thinking now that like if like the wolves kind of evolved and began to speak and just like gave him the name. <laughs> it's yeah. It's, it's, like, okay, cool. Yeah, that'd be sweet, man. They'd be like Planet of the Apes, but with wolves. Yeah. They can't fully talk like, you know, how we would speak to each other, but, you know, they kind of like grunt while they're throwing words out. Mm. But, you know, <laughs> it's an idea for another game. Yeah, someone someone write that shit down, okay? Planet of the Apes, yeah. but dogs. <laughs> Make it happen. Uh, next up is the trophy art. So I like the art. The artwork is well drawn, considering that they're it's kind of mimicking like cave paintings. And you can tell that it's meant to be drawn by a child. So when you look at it, you're like, oh, you know, this looks pretty primitive. You know, there's like, it's not really detailed, but a lot of these paintings are drawn by a child. And the story itself is even told through cave paintings while a child, the child, aka the cub, is narrating. Um, the drawings themselves kind of look like something like, you know, like when we were growing up, we used to use the chalk sticks on the sidewalk, and, you know, you draw it. It's similar to that. Oh, okay. So I like the artwork. It kind of gave me flashbacks of, you know, just drawing on the sidewalk, which is pretty cool. The artwork itself is pretty cool. It's colorful. You see the character in almost all of them. It's a little story that's being told. So I like the artwork. Very colorful. And the trophies are all revealed. This is not a hidden list, so there's no need to worry about spoilers. You are readily uh, able to see what the requirements are for each trophy. So nothing's too difficult to understand. There's no like curveballs being thrown at you or some like cryptic messages in the trophy descriptions. Everything's pretty straightforward. The list itself is mixed up. So a lot of the bronze and silver trophies are for like completing the levels or completing a certain activity. Four of the eight gold trophies are missable activities that um, you will need to keep an eye out for. And, you know, I play the game. These gold trophies aren't that hard to miss if you're, like, actively exploring the environment. They're um, pretty easy to locate. I mean, the very first gold trophy, detonate the bomb and find the bunker. Right away, when you're playing the level, you'll see a huge, like, mine that's, like, laying in the field. Right away, I'll say, oh, this has to be that, that one trophy I saw on the list. And, you know, you'll see stuff like that as long as you're actively exploring, which will help to find like a lot of the collectibles because the collectibles are pretty easy to find. Uh, they just happen to be in like these areas uh, that you'll be passing through. And a lot of the co uh, collectibles are in like, you know, tight concentration with other collectibles. So you, you'll find a big grouping of collectibles just laying around, which kind of helps. Uh, let's see. So the rest of the gold trophies, are for collectibles and beating the game. And like I said, the collectibles are pretty easy to find. 
One of the collectibles I do want to shout out is the King of Nothing. This one says find all knickknacks, but in the game, there's no collectible that's uh, designated as knickknacks. I think this is just a, a combined uh, collection of the collectibles, which I will say by the end of the game, I did not have all 100% collectibles uh, collected. I had a good amount from each category. There's like books, uh, audio logs, audio logs, films. There's like a bunch of stuff. But I didn't have everything collected. And for some re reason, I still ended up getting this trophy. So not sure if there's a specific knickknack that you need to collect, but you don't have to worry about 100% collecting everything. Uh, next up, I kind of want to talk about the list and some of the trophies themselves because there are some pretty cool trophy titles with cool references. So in the section, there is a, a, a part where you have to climb a falling train and the trophy title is Among Train Climbers. Ooh. And right away, this you think of Uncharted 2 uh, in that train segment where you're climbing up the train when it's like hanging off a cliff. There's a scene that just... It, it remind me instantly of that part in Uncharted 2. Uh, Furious and also fast. This is a trophy where you have to complete uh, one level in six minutes. And that that obviously is from the Fast and the Furious saga. Uh, this next one's a little bit more obscure. I didn't really know what this was. Huxley was right. But just reading that alone made me think that it had to be related to something. So the trophy is Enter the Pipe in the Soma Club. And kind of just digging into this and trying to find out if there was anything out there kind of just related to that. So Huxley was right. Is actually, um, well, Huxley himself is actually an author of a book called Brave New World. Yeah. And Alder, in that Alders book. Huxley, bro. Let's go. Have you read that book or read anything from him? I've read that and I've read The Island oh. and uh, Doors to Perception. So I've read, or Doors okay, of Perception. Okay, cool. I've read three of his books. Yeah. Okay, so Brave New World will probably make sense to you because there's a club that you pass through, which is called Soma. And I believe in Brave New World, Soma is a drug that people take in that book. Yep. Which um, kind of like suppresses like certain emotions. And I believe that kind of makes sense in this game when you look at the backstory of like when Earth was kind of going to hell and everything was happening. A lot of the people were kind of just like not really worried that's kind of like the impression I was getting mm. I was, as I was collecting collectibles and seeing like bodies everywhere. It almost seemed like they were just living on, even though the end was inevitable. Oh, interesting. That is what it was uh, in the book, though. Let's see. Gotcha. Pretty cool. That one was a little bit more uh, obscure for me, but I'm kind of liking that. It, it fits in with the story. And last is He Won't Be Back, which is probably my favorite trophy out of the whole list itself, is where you have to kill the robot dog. But this is referencing Terminator 2 Judgment Day in two ways. So He Won't Be Back is referencing the, the classic line from Arnold where he's saying, I'll be back. Well, if you kill the robot dog, he ain't definitely coming back. And then the artwork itself is showing the thumbs up. So if you've seen Terminator 2, when Arnold's being you know, lowered into the lava pit, he puts the thumbs up to John Cotter saying, you know, it's all right, man. You'll be good. With the, with the last <laughs> gesture being a thumbs up. Yep. I, such uh, an so iconic scene. Pretty cool list. Yeah. 
and and that that's what happens in the game too <laughs> it's so funny that's awesome list is um list is great it's easy you don't really have to think too much about it a lot of these trophies will come naturally as you play the game i'm gonna rate this game overall as a two out of the ten just from like my thoughts on the list and actually from playing it so it's an easy list when you first look at it and it's actually pretty doable when you get to playing it i will say i did struggle a few times with a couple trophies with those being the perfect run which is where you have to complete the level without dying and do a barrel roll where you have to escape the drone so the the, the do a barrel roll is a, a boss fight against the drone and i really struggled during this fight because of the controls you're just moving right left up and down and you have attacks coming from like all different angles left right up down diagonally so it was really hard to kind of evade some of those attacks i died a few times dropped a few f-bombs i was like this game is too freaking hard like what's going on but eventually overcame it uh perfect run was actually the one that really got under my skin because you know, it was 9.30. I was like, I got this trophy in the bag. It only take me 10 minutes. I did not go to sleep until another hour later. Mm. I was so mad. My wife was mad. She's like, can you go to sleep already? I told her, I got one more trophy left. <laughs> Just please leave me alone. I got one more trophy. I'm one you, awake. You telling me to go to bed is not helping. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I got it. It's so annoying because in this game, there's like no health bar. You don't have like multiple lives. You know, one hit from any enemy or fall damage is insta-kill. So, you know, you got to be very careful. I did this on the very first level. I will recommend doing that on the first level too because all the levels after level one are pretty difficult. I don't know if you can do it. You got to be pretty skillful just to do all the other levels. Um without dying but level one seemed the the most like like the easier one out of all the levels but makes sense overall i enjoyed my time with this game i really liked it 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 if you've played like the old animated cartoon games like this one really resonated with me because i played the lion king game on the sega genesis and it has that same feel that same artistic style and I think that's like what they were really going for. You know, the Jungle Book was a name that came up as an inspiration for this game. So, had to play this game. I left feeling very happy. The trophy list is easy. And it's one of those games where, you know, you can squeeze it in, uh, you know, between your bigger games. I've been on the indie binge lately. And this is kind of like the reason why I picked it up. It's a three to four hour package. You know, it's a really easy game with an easy list. Awesome, man. And like you said earlier, it's so cool that you were number 12 for getting the platinum in that. I have an update for you that you could be, maybe this will tempt you. I don't know. There's only two platinum achievers on the PS4 version. So if you went and did that one as well, if you think you could do it quickly, you could maybe get top 10. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh-huh. I think I've, I, I yeah. think I. I think I'm good. He's I think I'm good with the PS4 version. He's tempted. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking about it. One more thing. <laughs> One more thing before I get too far. So there is a trophy that I wanted to call out because this, this is something right up Collins Alley. So there's a trophy here called Burps. And it's, What's that? My, that's up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, 
requires all players to collect all edibles. Nice. Nice. There's different edibles in the game where, like, these are, like, normal fruit and, like, dishes and stuff like that that, you know, would be enticing for us. But because it's, like, been in a world where it's, like, had, like, nuclear waste and, like, things have evolved, changed... A lot of the food is not exactly for human consumption. So, like, these things are, like, bizarre. They're weird. But as soon as I saw edibles, I was just thinking, no, Colin, we're not talking about that. We're talking about, like, different food that's just kind of just transformed into something gnarly. I mean, that's a shame because they should be talking about the, (laughs) the fun kind of edibles. Obviously, that kid would be having a way different experience on that planet. (laughs) Oh, man. No, this one does look cool, though, and I, I like the, again, the highlight of the smaller indie game. You said you gave it a 2 out of 10. Is that for, like, how good it is, or is difficulty, you mean, is it 2 out of 10? Difficulty. Difficulty is 2 how, out of 10. How good it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you're like, I recommend this game. I give it a 2 out of 10. I'm like, mm, what? You're pulling a slugger here. You know, start hey, no. <laughs> See, I talk about Resogun, like, three years ago. No one bats an eye, and you talk about Resogun, and everyone's like, oh my god, I gotta <laughs> check this game out. That's right. That's how I do it. Assholes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, very good. Daryl, anything else you want to add about the Cub? No, I think I've said enough. Hopefully, uh, you guys can check it out, and if you do, uh, let me know what you think. Hopefully, it's a good recommendation. Yeah, it's on sale right now, like you said, so good time to look at it if you're hearing this. All right, very good, Slugger. What do you got for us? I, I have a feeling we're going to be taking a little trip, not to Camarocho, but to Hanalei Bay. You know what I'm saying? Where we're we going? going to Hawaii, baby. We're going to Hawaii. Let's go. All right. Infinite wealth. How I want to love your trophy list, but I'm so angry at your trophy list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll get into it. Let me review the base list. Yep, you hear me? correctly the base list because there's already dlc and the game's not even out and it's bullshit but uh (laughs) we're gonna save that for a second let's see infinite wealth i'm 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 being negative on the trophy list but i'm super hyped for the game itself uh developed by uh let's see if i can do this ryuga gotoku studios rgg studios yeah ryuga gotoku oh my god you said that so much cleaner than i did (laughs) I've been playing you Kiwami too, bro. I'm hearing Japanese I'm all the time right now. Such an American. <laughs> uh, published by Sega. This game is a turn-based game. I know there's some abilities you can use that turn it into a little bit of a brawler, but it's mainly going to be turn-based and kind of an open world, or I don't want to say open world, but open city, exploring what, I don't know what island in Hawaii. I believe it's the largest. But yeah, I was talking about distribution in this game, kind of messing things all up. Daryl dropped a dope distribution. I'm about to drop a pretty wild one. 67 bronze trophies, five silver trophies, one gold trophy, one platinum. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. It's all bronzes, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's basically all bronzes. Now, to be clear, too, the five of those or four of those silvers are from the DLC list, right? Oh, DLC. Yeah, you're right. Good call. And so it's really even more bronzes. So base list, everything's bronze, one silver, one gold. There. That's it. (laughs) 
You gotta be joking me. Absolutely insane. Oh God, I, yeah. It's my own problem to deal with. I know most people don't care, but that is a, that's egregious. No, can we just look at that and be like, why even have the other two? Why you might as well just give it sixty-four bronzes. Go go the full Alan Wake two mode. Just do all bronze trophies. Go for it. Yeah, just commit it by this point. Yeah, yeah it's basically um, what you're doing. So DLC, Colin talked about four of those silvers. The DLC also has five extra bronzes. Uh, I'll kind of cover the DLC list separately. That'll be a quick tie-in at the end. But let's see. PowerPix has an early guide-up already. Kind of going to hit some of the stats he dropped. So Power or they dropped. PowerPix as a company said, estimated trophy difficulty, three out of ten. They'll take you anywhere from 70 to 100 hours to platinum. If you want the 100% and buy into the DLC, uh, you're adding an extra 20 to 25 hours, which is surprising to me. And I'll tell you why once I cover the list. Okay. Uh, no missable trophies, which is great. Love that. I love the idea that I can go into this. I don't have to open a guide. I can just play. Like, uh, was it Judgment and Lost Judgment did have missables? which is kind of frustrating in a game as long as Yakuza, where it's like, ah, I got to have a guide open and kind of like watch for these. Uh, so it's cool to be able to go into this one and um, just be able to go. Uh, one playthrough required if you go for the Platinum. Two playthroughs if you want to do the DLC, because half the DLC trophies are tied to New Game Plus. That's kind of what I was alluding to. Um, but yeah, let's dive into the base list. Honestly, if you've played a Yakuza game, all this is going to sound very familiar. It's essentially do everything you possibly can and uh, beat the main story. So we have 14 trophies tied to chapters in the story. So there's 14 chapters in the game and then also beating the game. Four trophies tied to sub stories or side missions in the game. I personally think the sub stories are the best part of the Yakuza series. Eh. Sorry, I'm stretching there a little bit. They're a great addition. They're worth playing. Some are stronger than others, but they're normally, they get a little zany. They give you a break from like how serious the main story normally is. So they're fun to dive into. Nine trophies tied to maxing each of the partner's uh, friendship. So like when this game switched to an RPG, like a tra traditional RPG, you have like a party and... I'm trying to think of the last game. I think it was your main character, so Ichiban, and you could have up to three party members. So in this game, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight characters you can have in your party, which should make for a pretty cool dynamic on like builds and loadouts of your party system. Because in the previous game, each party member... I believe they had one or two character specific jobs and then each character had like general jobs. If you're thinking like Final Fantasy one or two where you're picking jobs, it's just like that. But put it into a real world context, it gets kind of zany and silly. So like in the last game, you could have like a girl where her job could be like like a casino dealer and all of her attacks were tied to like drawing cards and depending on what card she drew would determine like the damage done or the status effects that were put on the opponent. There was like a hobo job for one guy, which was actually arguably his best job. That was his like class specific job. I'm trying to think of some of the other kind of zany ones. There was like a rock star one. 
there was a dominate dominatrix job. I know in this game, there's like, I think you can get into like, uh, like uh, being a surfer is a job. What else? A tennis ace. Like, that's where I think this game really shines is this job system because every job has its own slew of like unique attacks, beautiful animations, funny animations if you're picking kind of a more funny job. So you can really, it looks like with eight characters and all the jobs they have lined up, you can get really creative with your party loadout, which I'm excited to dive into. Let's see. So I started that whole spiel with nine trophies tied to maxing each partner's uh, drink links which is kind of like their friendship level. The more you use them in battle, uh, the more you'll kind of level up their friendship. I believe in the last game, you got like passive bonuses to befriending them to their max level. So it it's definitely worth doing and kind of switching out party members to get all the different passives and make them stronger. You also get uh, like party member specifics lore. Uh, so you learn about you know, more about their history and their motives and how they feel about what's going on in the story. So definitely worth doing. Uh, what else? 10 trophies tied to the job system and leveling up and stats in general. So uh, for example, we have trophies for reaching level 10, reaching level 30, reaching level 50, reaching level 70. I assume 70 is the max level because it stops there. It might go past it. I believe the last game it capped at 100, but I could be wrong. It There's probably also... does in New Game Plus. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it might, honestly. Uh, there's also personality stats. Like I said in the last game, these kind of give you passive bonuses and you earn personality stats by doing like mini games on the side. So there is... Uh, like you could get personality stats for being empathetic or uh, there was like a intellect one I'm trying to think of God, I'm kind of blanking, but it's like five to six different stat ranges, which are kind of like your passive stats. There's a trophy for raising one of those stats to the max and then a second trophy for raising all of them to the max. So if I'm reading this trophy list right, you're going to have to completely max uh, your character. And then I was talking about the other slew of trophies in this kind of mix, how I broke these out, was tied to the jobs. So raise the job to rank 30, raise three, job, three jobs to rank 30, and raise seven jobs to rank 30. I know in the last game what I did, I probably had... Each character probably had two to three jobs that I had maxed by the end of the game. And then they had a couple extra jobs that I just didn't really toy with because they were common jobs shared amongst all the party members. And I was trying to focus on like the character specific jobs first, but across eight characters, you should really have no problem raising seven jobs to rank 30 because really you just got to focus on seven of those characters and raising their jobs up. Uh, what else? I don't know what these are yet. I tried to Google. I couldn't really find anything, but there's two trophies tied to collecting memoirs of a dragon. My personal guess I'm wondering if these are so Kiryu, Kazuma in the um, Yakuza series. He kind of like is known as like the dragon. Uh, that's you know that's the tattoo he has on his back. That's how all the Yakuza uh, Yakuza members refer to him as. They've been kind of hinting that this may be his last game, based off some of the stuff they've shown in the trailers leading up to it. I don't know where his story is going to go. 
but with it being memoirs of a dragon, I wouldn't be surprised if these are like collectibles that kind of call back to things that have happened across the last, I don't know, seven, eight games. Yeah. Uh, which would be kind of cool. Um, I'm, I hope I'm right. I'm kind of in those two trophy names are called precious memories and abundant memories. So I'm really hoping it's like a lore, you know, collectibles that tie in uh, his history and, you know, make some fun callbacks to previous games. Five trophies. So this is going to sound weird. We got Pal World taking over the Pokemon scene, right? Well, those guys haven't dealt with infinite wealth yet because we got five trophies tied to collecting all of the Sujimon. Sujimon. <laughs> Gotta catch him up. <laughs> These are fun. Sujimaniac. That trophy is for registering 100 Sujimon to the Suji decks. And then there's Sujimon Sensei registering 200 Sujimon to the Suji decks. 200 um, Sujimon. <laughs> this is a full Pokemon game in, within the game. Dear God, man. Um, there's completing all of the Sujimon related sub stories, recruiting 10 Sujimon from battle, maxing out a Sujimon's level and friendship. This is honestly a, it seems like a full like side game within the game, which Yakuza is known for doing stuff like that. But I find it funny with all the power world. Is it power world like controversy that's going on? Yeah. Power world. Is that the name of the game? Yep. So Sujimon in Yakuza seven, they were introduced there. They were, it was pretty much just like kind of like a mon, a monster decks or something for like final fantasy. What do they call that? What are oh, those a books called? Basically. Uh, it, yeah, it's essentially a bestiary in the first game. It was like, hey, as you beat opponents, they get added to your Suji decks, and you would just turn them into this dude, um, or you'd turn the Suji decks into this dude, and after you know beating 20 different types of enemies, he'd give you like an item. So it's pretty basic. In this game, it seems like they've expanded on it, and you can actually like battle with your Suji Mon, or battle with the characters you've faced little summons or something that's cool yeah you can like battle other trainers there's sub stories tied to it um so there's definitely they're definitely leaning more into that which is kind of funny uh i'm curious to see how they do that this game has also been getting a lot of press for its animal crossing mini game uh dendaku island have you guys seen this at all i I have yeah jesus christ with this game no it's, so it's fucking awesome. So, Daryl, there's a whole side. I'm going to say side game. There's a whole side game within this game where <laughs> it's funny how they advertise it in the trailers. Your main character, Ichiban, jumps on a dolphin and like soars across the ocean to this little island off of Hawaii. And it's essentially Animal Crossing. You show up on this island. There's nothing there. It's run down. And you can build it up from nothing into like a bustling resort. So you show up, you can chop down trees, you can go fishing, you can harvest plants, and then use all those resources you collect to build furniture, build buildings. As you're doing that, like more and more people are showing up to the island, guests will show up, and you can kind of turn it into a side making like money business. Uh, So the more, you know, the bigger and better your resort is the more money you're pulling in on the side. It's been kind of getting joked on, but I think in a good way of like, oh, it's Animal Crossing within this game. So we got Animal Crossing. We got Pokemon. What else do we got? All the other mini games. There's nine mini games. Or sorry, there's five trophies tied to that mode, the Animal Crossing mode. 
the mini games and side activities. There is a uh, nine or so trophies tied to mini games. Uh, so some of these, there's a trophy called Thirty Minutes or Thirty Minutes, or it's free. Completed all crazy delivery courses. I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of turns out like Crazy Taxi. That's kind of how it was in the last one. I believe you're just a pizza delivery dude for that side job. Completed all Sicko Snap courses. That trophy's called Sicko Stopper. Don't know what that's about, if I'm being honest. Befriended 50 people through Aloha Links. So I think that's kind of like... I know in the previous game, there was NPCs you could like befriend, and they're kind of tied to the side missions. So the more you interact with them, the more like quests you do for them or side missions you do with them, their friendship level goes up. Sometimes it's very basic stuff like, hey, bring me a pear off this tree. And you bring them a pear and your friendship level goes up. So you got to befriend 50 people. Oh, what else? There's a couple other side items. There's like a vocational school. Play 10 different mini games. I assume this game's going to have all the standard Yakuza mini games like gambling and stuff like that. Um, what else do we got? So much stuff, dude, in those things. I know. Oh my god. Three trophies tied to dungeons or raids. I don't know if these are tied to, like, the Sujimon thing, because that's where they're lumped in in the trophy list, or if you just do them with your party. Because there's one trophy called Break It Up, 120 raids, and the, the trophy picture for that looks kind of like the elemental signs that you would see like in a Pokemon game, like fire type, earth type, water type. So I think that one may be tied to Sujimon, but then there's two other ones called Dungeon Sweeper and Rufians Beware. Dungeon Sweepers can conquered the Yokohama Underground and Rufians Beware has conquered the Hawaiian Hunt. The Hawaiian Haunt. To me, those sounds like those sound like the Yakuza 7 trophies that were tied to like clearing the sewer system dungeons. Um, that you could use to pretty effectively earn gear, earn items to make gear, and uh, level up very quickly. So I wouldn't be surprised if those are kind of in the same vein. And uh, a couple other miscellaneous things in here I didn't really hit that I didn't lump in with anything else. So there's like experience eight activities offered by the Hello Happy Tours. Dialed up pound mates 30 times. That trophy's called Pound for Pound. Poundmates, if you haven't played Yakuza 7, it's essentially this, uh, the summon system from Final Fantasy. It's normally very funny. Like, there was, in the last game, there was, a like, a girl who worked at a homeless shelter you could call and summon her, and she would, like, chop up a stew in the middle of the battlefield and cook you a stew and, like, throw everyone food. You could call in a... Oh, man, I'm blanking. What are those little... They're like little lobsters, but they're not lobsters. They're smaller. Crawdad? Kind of. You could call in, like, this little crawdad-looking dude, and he'd, like, fly into the battlefield and, like, chomp people's noses and stuff. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> just really awesome, <laughs> zany, funny stuff. Yeah, so calling in pound mates, what I say, 20 times. There was, like, a trophy for making 10 pieces of gear at Julie's Gear Works. This trophy list has it all. I I mean, I could go on and on. I think it's the base list, amazing. Awesome, awesome trophy list. I think it seems pretty straightforward. Just kind of play the game to its completion. Probably, you know, some cleanup unless you're being very in-depth as you play through. 
I think it'll be a good time and kind of let you experience everything this game has to offer without having to dip into a guide, which is great. Here comes my beef. DLC Trophy Pack 1. Infinite Wealth Master Va- Vacation Pack. Yeah. What, right. what the hell is this? I don't know if you guys have seen this drama. New Game Plus is locked behind, like I believe it's a $15 price tag, unless you order the Deluxe Edition, which starts at like 90 bucks. So so it's basically and, the game is 70 so it's 85 it's only $5 difference really if you do one or the other. Yeah. So it's a 15 yeah. bucks for this. And it's available day 1. Available day 1 you have to purchase and pay extra to get to unlock new game plus. And there's trophies tied to it. So luckily they're on a DLC list. They could have gone really slimy and shady if they put it in the base list, I think. Yeah, that would have been um, horrible, I think, for them if they did that. That would have been such a bad idea. Yeah, I don't know if that's like against Sony Sony's rules, and maybe that's why they lumped it into, into a DLC list, but if you want 100% on this game, you have to do New Game Plus because these DLC trophies, there's four trophies tied to this, so uh, took up the Hero's Mantle in New Game Plus. I assume that's just starting it. Completed New Game Plus. Completed New Game Plus on Hard. Completed New Game Plus on Legend. So you're going to have to drop extra money to knock out these New Game Plus trophies. I'm not upset that there's New Game Plus. I just think it's really, really slimy that they're charging for this. This should have been like a free update. I don't know. Go the Sony route. Yeah. And launch this like three months from now and make it free or something. Like, I mean, the, the platform in the game has so many options for just normal style DLC. I don't know why this couldn't have just been a free update even after a month. Yeah, they, yeah, they could. I don't. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know if I'm going to get this right away. It depends if I'm going to want to go right back through it again. I may wait and see if that like new game plus bundle goes on sale. I believe they include other stuff in this new game plus because there's other trophies in this DLC list. So I don't know what this is, but there's celebrated your victory over sector one of the big swell. And then there's other trophies for sector two, sector three, sector four and sector five of the big swell i'm if i had to guess i assume that's some type of like bonus dungeon that they've added yeah that sounds about right like multiple sectors and then you're kind of getting trophies as you progress through this bonus dungeon so yeah really interesting choice i believe from everything i've read it seems like it was more of a sega decision to lock new game plus behind a price tag but because RGG's been pretty like consumer friendly, I think. Their games are on a lot of uh, subscription services. They go on sale a lot for dirt cheap. Yeah, they do. Um, there's times you can buy like the entire Yakuza series for probably like 30, 40 bucks. Yeah. Which is a steal. So I don't know where this like, m- like money hungry grab is coming from all of a sudden. Like it just, it stinks. And to me, it kind of tarnishes like a great list and a game I'm very excited about. Yeah. It's, Um, it's a uniquely annoying problem for trophy hunters as well. And even within trophy hunters, it's uniquely annoying for people who care about completion percentage. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm sure me two and a half years ago or three years ago would have just been like, I don't care about that. Whatever. (laughs) 15 bucks extra. Who cares? I'm never going to touch that anyway. And yeah, you know, and nowadays it's like, well, crap. So now if I want to play infinite wealth i also gotta just keep in mind i'm gonna have to do a second playthrough of a pretty long game yeah so that's i mentioned it earlier power pick says uh what i say 
20 to 25 hours for the DLC. So I'm wondering, like, if you just mainline the game, is he saying the game's that short? Like, you could, if you just mainline it, you could finish it in 20 to 25 hours? That seems kind of, like, fast to me, but maybe so. Yeah, maybe. Shoot. Or Legend Mode on New Game Plus. Maybe you're going in there just so powered up, you just breeze through it. I don't know. Yeah, I that's possible, too. Time will tell, but... Uh, the one trophy I didn't really hit that I want to call out, completing the final chapter. I just really like the name of this. I'm curious to see what leads into this because the previous game, the man who erased his name, or that's the name of the previous game, the name of the final, like completing the final chapter in this game is the man who regained his name. So I'm wondering, obviously that's a good thing for Kiryu, but it could be a bittersweet thing. Maybe oh, he yeah. dies, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he gets to come out of his life of hiding. I don't know. I'm curious to see how we get there. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's I'm, always interesting with these kind of games that they're in the point in the in the story that have, has happened in the franchise that there's the potential of the main character dying. So, like Uncharted Four, for example, A Thief's End. Early on, there was some stipulation of like, or some speculation, I guess, of. Oh, is this is Nathan Drake gonna die? Like, are they gonna kill him off here? Same thing when you got to Resident Evil Six. A lot of the marketing and a lot of what you saw made you think that Chris was gonna die, and that yeah. Piers was gonna like you know be the new character, and it was kind of ushering in the new wave of like main characters. And in all those instances, at least as far as I can can think of, the main character has never died. It never happens. <laughs> it yeah. never happens. So I'm curious if they would do that. I mean, that's something that's missing in games that happens. I think more regularly in film and in and tv where they'll kill characters off main characters off that doesn't really happen yet in games very often yeah i think that's all i got on infinite wealth what would you give it out of 10 if you had to grade the list because i'm gonna do the same since daryl gave a rating man it's it's hard because the deal i'm gonna mm, i would give it like a 10 out of 10 but i'm gonna drop it to like a six or a seven just Solely on the fact of the new game plus being locked behind DLC that you have to pay for. If that wasn't there, I'd be much happier about the list. I'm honestly kind of like pissed off about this. Um, I'm a little pissed too, honestly. Frustrating. So, yeah, I would, I would still say it's pretty good. It's it's average. If you don't care about 100%, if you're not a weirdo like me, I'd yeah, I'd say it's a great list. But if you're a weirdo like me who all of a sudden cares about 100% in games... Uh, I'd give it like a six. So, right on. Yeah, I I have to say, and Daryl, I'm curious now after hearing Slugger talk about it, what you think? But I really want to play this game. I'm so bummed that I'm not gonna be able to play this because the more that I've been thinking about this, the franchise and the little bit I've played recently, I'm like, man, this would this would be awesome to just kind of dive into this world for a month, month and a half, and really just enjoy every little bit, all the little mini games all that kind of stuff. But again, it's just such a daunting task to get caught up to speed. But I'm curious, Daryl, if you're going to maybe look into this later, like you said, maybe play Kiwami. Yeah. You know, I, I would like to play like maybe two Yakuza games this year. You know, that's just wishful thinking, but hearing Slugger talk about it, how he's really excited to play this game. This really wants me to kind of spearhead going through the series. I know it's not going to, happen anytime soon but if i can just continually chip at it i think i can get there you know maybe by next year <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling too. It's like if I just maybe if I just try to do three Yakuza games this year. What if I just did Kiwami two, three, and four? If I can get that done, and the next year I could do like five, six, and seven, and then I don't know. We'll see. It's probably not going to happen. Probably so I'm, happen. I I get mm, I got to think about it. I don't want to commit yet, but I'm toying with the idea. I've been talking to uh, with Gary, the old Sly G Cooper, back and forth all week about Yakuza. He's going through the series now. I believe he's on five. Okay. I and saw like, him playing four just, recently. So, Yeah, just talking to him about the game, I forgot how much I love this series. And I'm really toying with the idea of like, do I make it a goal this year to get the plats on all of them? But then I'm like, well, shit, if I do that, I'm, I'd am i honestly be committing the next like six, eight months on just Yakuza. How many um, do you have? I thought you had a couple of them already, right? <clears throat> I have a few. Um, I have Kiwami, I know Kiwami two, six, the man who erased his name and seven, pretty much all the easy ones that don't require a ton of legwork or new game pluses I have. Okay. But I've beaten all of them. So really all I would have to do for most of them is go back, kind of clean up the hundred percenting or like clean up doing everything in each game and then just replaying each game in the hardest difficulty. Like, I don't think it would take too long. And it would be kind of nice to, like, revisit the games. Because he's talking to me about stuff. And he's like, oh, what do you think about this character? Like, killing that character. And I'm like, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. I couldn't even tell you what Yakuza that's from. <laughs> right. There's just so much content in all these games. Um, Thank God there was a catch-up feature in Kiwami 2 in the beginning. You could, like, it, it asked you, do you want to hear about what happened before? And I was like, yes, yeah. please. I haven't played the first game in five years or something. Come on. Yeah, so it it seems like a cool idea. I may dive into them a little bit more this year. I don't know if I can commit to all of them, but it'd be nice to knock out like infinite wealth and maybe like one or two more yeah. uh, throughout the year. It's a good goal for a franchise that's important to you. I have a similar thing where I want to do another Resident Evil this year. So that you'll either be Code Veronica or six, basically. And then if I'm feeling real fancy, I can get the DLC and eight done this year. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. All right. Well, very good, sir. Nice list review. I'm I'm excited for you. As I said before, we are on the cusp of one of your most anticipated games of the year coming out. It's a very exciting time as a lover of video games when when you're in that moment when something that you're really yeah. excited about is about to be out. So hope you enjoy that this weekend. Thirty nine minutes. Are you gonna play it tomorrow night? Is that the game plan? Oh, I may I may dive into it tonight and play for an hour before bed. <laughs> Ooh, it's dangerous dude dangerous I know. dangerous stuff i remember Look, i said that with elden ring and as a, i was up till like 3 a.m <laughs> tomorrow's friday work work is always slow friday so i'm i'm thinking about risking it we'll see right on okay so my game that i wanted to talk about is a weird one i also did an audible and changed i was originally going to be talking about code blue or sorry blue protocol which is one of those games that uh, sony had shown some footage for it's basically it's an mmo style rpg and it's out in japan already and it is not out here so the the list popped it was a japanese list and with translation i was able to kind of get through a lot of it and it looked pretty interesting as far as an mmo goes but perusing again yesterday and today i saw something really weird pop up and that is the prince of persia the sands of time remake list now, I want to be clear. Do not get too overly excited here. I'm going to give a little bit of a context on from this news story and then also from a little bit of research I did earlier today as well, which 
this has happened before. This list has popped up before, probably nine months ago or so. And the thinking at the time was basically a game, someone was testing this game, and it popped. They didn't get any trophies in it or anything like that because there's still zero earned on anything, but it at least made the list pop up and we can see it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's coming out anytime soon because if you've been following the story about this game from Ubisoft, it's been pushed back multiple times. You know, it's changed studios, basically. At one point, I think it was being made by a studio in India, if I recall, and now it's being made by Ubisoft Montreal. So they've really moved this thing around, much in the same way that Skull and Bones has been treated, even though that game is fucking three weeks away from out, which is insane. Can't believe that thing is going to be out. Be curious if anyone plays it. But yeah, Sands of Time remake (laughs) is moved around quite a bit. So it popped again. I looked, and there's one game owner that popped for this, one recent player. The guy's name on PlayStation profiles is Join the Club. When you click on his info and see his profile, he is a game developer and a tester. So he has a whole bunch of games at 0% that he pops in and just plays a little bit of. But weirdly enough, he's got 5,800 games played, 2,200 completed games, overall completion of 72.76. So pretty wild, given that he's a tester and how much other stuff he's doing. He's country rank of 82. So pretty nuts. And either way, he's the only one that's touched this game. So you can take it with a grain of salt here in whether or not this means it's coming out anytime soon or what's happening with it. To add that extra context I alluded to, PCGamer.com had an article article by uh, Andy Chalk published on November 22nd of 2023, so a couple months back, which noted that there was on the 20th anniversary of Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, a post from Ubisoft, which noted, quote, as you know, the passionate team at Ubisoft Montreal is reimagining this legendary story, and we are glad to announce today that the project has passed an important internal milestone and development is progressing. We look forward to sharing more in the future, end quote. So basically, they're saying it's not dead. It's coming along. It's hit some sort of milestone. It's coming out. Whether or not this list popping up is related to that, and actually this game is closer to out than we thought, or it's just the tester theory, I'll leave that up to you. But because the game popped up on the recent list, I thought I'd go over it. Now, there's only a PS4 version for this list that I can see that's popped right now, but supposedly this is also coming to PS5. The developer, again, Ubisoft Montreal, and this is a remake of one of the most classic action-adventure games of all time. It has 25 total trophies, one platinum, seven golds, seven silvers, and ten bronzes. I like that, but from a distribution standpoint, it's a little bit weird, but I like the the lower trophy count for the game. I think that's kind of cool. It's a little bit more of a focused list. And there are no hidden trophies on this list, uh, at least the version that popped. Again, this list could change maybe with the final release. Who knows? But there's no hidden trophies on here, so I'm not worried about spoiling anything for you guys. And it's an old game, so, I mean, come on. Just get with the times here. So we've got a really basic gambit of just completing the main mission and the main story. That's going to pop a whole bunch of miscellaneous things for you along the way. A couple examples in there are things like See Your First Vision is a bronze trophy uh, called, or sorry, the trophy is called Visionary to See Your First Vision. Uh, there's a another bronze trophy called Sword of Strength, which is to obtain the first sword, things like that, right? And those will kind of continue along through the main elements in the main story until you get to a gold trophy to kill the vizier, and the trophy is titled The Big Fight. So presumably about halfway down the list then is when you get through all of the trophies you're going to earn automatically while going through the game. 
There is, of course, however, a good amount of miscellaneous trophies in this game that you will likely just get along the way. So those are things like a bronze trophy called I Might Need Those, which is to collect a sand cloud. And those sand clouds are what allow you to use the Dagger of Time and Rewind Time. That's sort of like your resource, so you're going to get that automatically. Uh, Water is Life, a bronze trophy to find a secret fountain healing pool, right? So you're going to find those. Um, there's a gold trophy that's pretty funny here that's called There's Always Time for a Drink to drink while in combat. And there's an upgraded version of that actually called No Respect, a gold trophy to drink while a frozen enemy is slowly falling down. So knock them up or hit them and then freeze time, drink, and unfreeze time and they'll fall. That's pretty funny, I think. And other than that, it's really just miscellaneous trophies in this game for interacting with your powers, the ability to freeze time and to rewind time. So you have a, a silver trophy called Scapegoat to freeze the same enemy five times. You have a gold trophy, Sand the Fight Down, uh, defeat 15 enemies in a row without taking damage. You have a silver called Mega Freeze, execute a Mega Freeze during combat. A bronze called I Swear to rewind time 25 times, things like that. This is nothing really crazy here. It seems to me that the list is really structured in such a way that they weren't there's not going to be any necessarily new mechanics or new content. I think you can kind of glean that from the list. There's not any new mini games or any new areas or things like that. They've kind of kept it very faithful in terms of what the remake is and the content in the game and the mechanics in the game. So it's really just going to be, I think, a very straightforward and easy list in terms of the actual trophy descriptions and what you need to do to unlock them. Potentially the one to defeat 15 enemies in a row without taking damage might be one that could hold you up more so just from finding an area that you can reload the checkpoint that has enough enemy density that you can abuse that uh, or a different area in the game. I'm not entirely sure. I've actually never played this game, I should say. But with Prince of Persia, the newer game coming out, uh, The Lost Crown, I think, earlier this month, I think Prince of Persia is making a, a bit of a comeback. There, there's a, Also, I just wanted to call out two other trophies here before I get to the artwork. There's an interesting sort of relationship in this game a romantic relationship, because you have a silver trophy here called Good Time, which is to share a night of love with Farah. Kind of an interesting trophy there. Mm. And yeah, related to that, you have a bronze trophy called Smoldering Gaze, which is to stare at Farah very closely. And the trophy picture <laughs> for that is just a picture of her eye, one eye. Unclear. I don't, I don't exactly know, <laughs> know what's going on there, but interesting. There's clearly some sort of romantic relationship in the game. So from an artwork standpoint, I think this is a very simplistic trophy list. It follows the convention that we've all grown tired of at this point where bronze trophies are bronze, silvers are silver, golds are golds, and then the platinum is some sort of bluish silver kind of combination, which is, it's effective and it makes the trophies stand out when you're scrolling, but it is just so stock standard these days that it's really great when you see games switch it up and kind of set that whole convention to the side and do their own thing. This one just does kind of the basic thing there. And all of the artwork is a silhouetted art style in that you're just seeing outlines of people. There's not a whole lot of detail. It's almost, again, a stencil of something or a cutout that you're seeing rather than any sort of detailed artwork. So because of that, it's it's sort of hard for me to really give too much a thought to this and really say that they, they did some interesting work with that. I also don't really think the trophy names are very ingenious and don't seem to hide too much in terms of easter eggs especially like the list that daryl reviewed with the cub i think there's a lot more 
going on there from the developers. Clearly, they had a good time designing that trophy list. And here it feels like it's just, you know, it's part of it. I'm not going to say someone didn't enjoy it, but it just doesn't seem like it was very much of a focus, which is totally fine and probably the norm, realistically. So that's Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remakes list. I really picked it more so for the story surrounding the game and how interesting I found looking into it and, you know, the debate of if this means it's coming out soon or anything like that. And I think if I had to give this list a rating, I probably in terms of going after the trophies and, and the platinum would, would give it maybe a seven out of 10. I think it's a pretty straightforward, easy list. There's no speedrun trophy. There's no mention of a difficulty trophy. There's no online trophies. There's no multiplayer local co-op trophies, no multiple playthrough trophies. Like it's got all the, the stuff that's extra that turns people away from these kinds of experiences. It's not on the list. It's just a pretty straightforward linear action adventure game that maybe has a couple secrets you can find along the way. And to me, that's perfect. I miss games that did that. So I think it's a pretty darn good list. The only reason I'm not going to give it more is because it doesn't do much in terms of the creativity with the trophy list that really would have elevated this sort of thing. So that's Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake. We'll be curious to see if it actually ever comes out. But uh, that's all I got. You guys have anything to add before we close up shop here? I spent way too long just trying to find the list. And then I remembered I could uh, just search. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. But no, I, I think it's a decent list. Uh, I got the Sands of Time Platinum on the PS3. Okay, nice. I'm trying to figure out if it's the same. There's definitely some new trophies. There was none of those fairer trophies. Oh, okay, so maybe that but, is a, a different expanded storyline then. Yeah, I don't know if it's expanded or just new trophies, but I remember really digging this game. They actually, It was a trilogy on the PS3, and I thought Sands of Time was great, and then you... Uh, what were the other ones called? Warriors or Warrior Within was number two, and then the Two Thrones, I believe, was number three. Yep. I it never clicked. Sands of Time was great. I think they were just trying to like milk the cow by two and three. It just never like those two never stuck with me. Hopefully this remake's good because I think Sands of Time is a great game. So hopefully they do it service. I mean, it makes sense that Ubisoft would do it in that Sands of Time inevitably is one of the main influences on Assassin's Creed. There's no doubt in that. So it's fun probably for them, especially Ubisoft Montreal, which is a powerhouse Assassin's Creed studio, to be able to revisit the game that inspired a lot of their work. I'm hoping right. that they enjoy that and that it comes out showing that they put some TLC into it. But we'll see. We'll see. I would love to play it <laughs> at some point. But uh, yeah, yeah Daryl, anything to add from you before we close up shop? Uh, not, not really. I, I didn't even know this was a, a game, you know, that was out there. I, I know, I remember this game from back in the day and I faintly remember playing a little bit of it. I remember it being pretty fun, uh, for the time I had spent on it. But, uh, if this happens, man, I may have to end up pulling the trigger and getting this. For sure. I think if it comes out, I'm definitely going to check it out because it's one of those games that's so important to the industry that I just missed. And if it's a remake and it's you know got some modernized controls and graphics and a platinum trophy, maybe it would even be a forty or fifty dollar release, not a sixty or seventy dollar release. That would be really cool. So we'll see. But thank you guys for your time this evening. I appreciate it. Hope you guys had a good time discussing trophies and of course some goofy topics as well along the way. If you liked the show, remember you can check out our Discord where we've got a whole bunch of we just got a whole bunch of new people in there the other day from a Reddit post. Thank you, Smackerly, for that. 
we got some good stuff, some good conversation going on in there. One week till the raffle, this competition begins. So that's going to be a great time. And we'll be back in a few weeks' time with what we have been playing, which is going to be a ton of fun. And until then, Plugger, where can people get in touch with you? Where should they find you at? Let's see, you can find me on Discord, PSN Profiles, the PlayStation Network, all at SluggerJD. You can find me on Twitter at Slugger underscore JD. And Xbox is SluggerJDD. Throw in an extra D and I'm on there. Thank you, sir. Very well. Very well. Uh, Daryl, where can people find you at? Uh, So you can find me on uh, Discord, PSN Profiles, and the PlayStation Network at the Tall Simone Guy. And I'm also going to shout out the Twitter page because we don't really do that that often. But you can find us at Trophy Talk Pod on there as well. Yeah, good shout. Give us a follow over there. Posting some good platinums we've achieved. And uh, Daryl, you've been, you've been killing it with that. So thank you for keeping that up. I just haven't been earning that many platinums. I've been doing like DLC and stuff like that. And it's just not the same. So I got to get back on that a little bit in the near future. But you can find me on all the places the boys already mentioned. Pretty much everywhere at CK Present. Until next time, happy gaming, take care, and goodbye.